What's up, Stream Fiends? Steve here. Streaming Things is going on vacation. That's right. Chris and I are going out to LA and taking a couple weeks off so that we can recover from our in-depth Yellow Jackets coverage. But don't worry. On June 12th, we will be back in force where you will have five episodes of Streaming Things a week. We will have Mission Impossible Mondays. Crossing Streams makes its return. We will be covering Season 2 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We will be covering Lost And of course, we will continue our coverage of the Patreon chosen films. Until then, though, fret not. We will be releasing some episodes that were formerly exclusive to Patreon. These are some episodes we thought were very, very fun that up until now were only available to our Patreon members and we're giving them to you for free. So we will be back on June 12th. But until then, please enjoy these special episodes. Happy streaming. Welcome, all and sundry, to Streaming Things, the Patreon edition. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. You want to know who I am? I'm (laughs) Spider-Man. You want to know who I am? I do, actually, Steve. Actually, I wrote that line down. You want to know who I am? You sure you want to know? If someone told you it was a happy little tale, someone told you I was your average regular guy without a care in the world. Somebody lied. Somebody lied. Dude, I forgot <laughs> all about that opening monologue. I was like, oh, damn. And that was the first note I took. It was just like, narrator? Good choice, question mark. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's in reference to what we're doing here today. Thank you for subscribing via Patreon, by the way. We we need you. It costs a lot of money to to put keep these things on the airwaves. The overhead is high. We're not very good businessmen. And we uh, it means the world to us that you would actually pay money to listen to us talk about nerd stuff that it's 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 our live stream we're so not good businessmen that. but we are fairly good spider men we are good spider men that is true yes. today we're talking about sam raimi's landmark films from the early aughts spider-man one and spider-man two i always say spider-man one even though it's really just spider-man yeah. but like it's spider-man one in retrospect you yeah. know yeah it's a retroactive like, one yeah the one <laughs> The one's always added once there are two. Right. Um, anywho, so, that was so back we're going to be day uh, when breaking down had, the Sam Raimi film. Huh? I said this was back in the day when you just had, you know, sequel name, add a two at the end, sequel, add a three at the end. Now it's like mm-hmm. seek its name, colon, tagline. Now you want uh, a core word to be utilized throughout, like home, right? <laughs> yes. That's, that's the thing that you should do. As Steve is a huge fan of that nomenclature. Oh, Spider-Man, yeah. home is where you make it. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man and the Louisiana edition. There's so many better, better titles they could come out with. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let it go, Steve. I'm just saying. Homecoming is good. Dying on this hill. I'm Home, telling you. Homecoming in itself is a good subtitle, but like from there on out, it's just, you don't have to be shackled to that word home. You can there Make could have something been other else. Themes. They could have called the second one prom. Um, <laughs> they could have called it Christmas formal. Spider-Man vacation getaway. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man uh, Mysterioso. I don't know. Like, There's so many things you could do. I don't know. I, I don't think you're very good at titling these either, Steve. Spider-Man. Jake Gyllenhaal's in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jakey G. So anyway, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, because this is uh, almost 20 years ago now that Sam Raimi dropped this banger. 
um, and its subsequent sequel. And that's interesting because we're old. I was really thinking about 2002. I was almost either almost four, depending on when it came out that year, I was either almost 14 or 14 years old. And that's crazy to me. Um, so this is formative for my life. So I want to talk a little bit about our relationship overall with these films, how we think it held up in the zeitgeist, maybe uh, just some broad global thoughts. Um, so what was it like revisiting these films? Had it been a long time for you, uh, Andy? Uh, yeah, it had been a super duper long time. I feel like I had to have rewatched them at some point uh, within the last like decade and a half, but it's been a super long time. Um, at Yeah, it, at least 15 years, probably since I've seen them. So I was like, like, like you said, uh, it was very formative and I watched it a ton back in the day. So um, it was like seeing an old friend when, once the, uh, it started rolling at the beginning and uh, I, I was kind of surprised how much of it I actually remembered. It's kind of like uh, last night, for some reason, uh, I, I was watching uh, the the newest South Park post COVID special, which is awesome, by the way, if you guys uh, have Paramount Plus, but uh, South Park, uh, bigger, longer and uncut came on right at, it just autoplayed after that and i immediately just started singing along knew every word and that was my experience with spider-man 2 i was like oh fuck yeah i know this movie you started singing along with it like spider-man <laughs> spider-man um yeah uh steve what about you or your relationship with with these films i love these movies so when the first one came out i was uh, I'm, I'm about a year older than you are chris i was like 14 turning 15 i think when this movie came out and you Same. know it was it was such a big, you know, cultural thing at the time because it was like, you know, growing up, I think Spider-Man was maybe, it was either Spider-Man or Batman. They kind of went back and forth as who were my favorite superheroes growing up. And that a lot of that has to do with the animated cartoons that were out, you know, during the mid 90s to late 90s. And so I was very excited to see a Spider-Man movie. This was one of the first times where I feel like they got a superhero right in terms of the movies. Um like a hundred percent knocked it out of the park. Like even like the X-Men movie came out a year beforehand. And, and while I like the first X-Men movie, I don't think it was a, like a slam dunk in terms of like how I viewed the character. So when this movie came out at the time, I was like, wow, that really is Peter Parker. That really is. And obviously like, as we'll get into it, my thoughts have changed over time, but you know, in the moment, you know, uh, that's how I felt. And then, with Spider-Man Two, I mean, I you know, I've I've talked ad nauseum on the on the podcast about how important Spider-Man Two is to my my upbringing and how I'm I'm I'm, I'm into the industry I'm in in no small part because of Spider-Man Two and the influence it had on me at the time. But also another fun little nugget is a uh, 2004 was the first year that I worked at the movie theater. That was that summer was a summer I was hired as a concessionist at my local movie theater. The first w- opening weekend was Trek Two. And not far after that was Spider-Man 2. And uh, back then, movies were on film. They were still on 35-millimeter film. And what movie studios would do is they would send the film to the theaters. The projectionists would have to build the film because they came in, like, multiple reels. And they'd have to build it. And then they'd have to screen it to make sure they built it right or the film they sent them didn't have a defect or anything in them to make sure that they're ready to play for audiences. And what usually happened was the projectionists would build it and then it would be like, hey, everybody, we're screening this movie tonight, just the employees and Spider-Man 2 was the first screening I ever went to in my movie theater job. It was the first of many screenings I would have in my life. And oh, go ahead. Are you going to see remember. Spider-Man 2 before 
anyone else, essentially. Yeah, I did. I saw it uh, on a Wednesday. So the Wednesday before that Friday that it was released. Okay. I, I can't remember if I was at the movie theater at this point or not. I definitely at one point had uh, Spider-Man 2, the marquee bit. You know how movie theaters used to have the little marquee over each uh, Oh yeah. Uh, theater. Yeah. I, I, I used to have the little like 12 inch by three inch Spider-Man two thing. Um, but I don't remember if I was working at the theater during Spider-Man one or not, but it, it was around the same time. Yeah. When you, I, you had to have been, I mean, you worked there. Well, not with Spider-Man one, but Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you were there. You were there like three years, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The great escape. So what it was called right. before Regal bought it. Right. <laughs> Chris, what's your relationship? Um, I, I don't have any relationship with Spider-Man in particular. Like I'm not bringing any comics knowledge to bear to this conversation. I didn't have it prior to those films, uh, when Sam Raimi came out and, um, I don't have any now. I'm still not interested really in reading Spider-Man comics. Um, even though I really love the characters, so it's kind of funny. I'm a huge Batman fan. So any kind of ancillary material that I've dove into is almost always uh either non-superhero completely or com- just utterly batman like my my i have a i probably have 200 comic books downstairs in my bookshelf and i would say 90 of them are batman comics and then 110 of them are just non-superhero stuff like neil gaiman books and things like that so it's not something i'm bringing into it like oh wow i just can't believe they finally got spider-man right because i have no fucking idea if they did it or not um, but I do remember like when I was a kid, I would watch like Mask of the Phantasm on VHS, this that animated Batman film over and over and over. Uh, so I, it really was important to me that they nailed Batman in the cinematic universes. But uh, when I heard Spider-Man was coming out, I, I kind of vaguely remember I just seen X-Men and like liked it. And I was thinking like is this going to be like a thing? Like they're doing more superheroes, you know, like I had no fucking sense of where it was going to go, obviously. Right. I was like, wow, they're going like another superhero. Interesting choice. Uh, (laughs) This can't go on long. Um, That and this Amazon company, I I tell you, they're, they're going nowhere. Um, I was a smart kid, but uh, (laughs) I, I was surprised at like how entertaining it was. And I think, I think I might be overly negative in the conversation that's to come. And I just want to make it clear up front that that's kind of fun for me because I'm an asshole. Um, but I really can't stress that I loved these movies in high school. Like uh, there was a, a scene in particular. I remember I called Andy afterward cause I grew up with Andy and uh, there's a scene where Peter Parker is trying to get his web to come out of his wrist and he's on this rooftop. Go up, go. And- Go, go web, go. And he's like making all these different hand gestures and it gets Co- to a close up of uh, DC references in this uh, movie. Yeah. Shazam, Shazam. Shazam at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was, there's a part where it gets to a close up of the rock and roll symbol and he just kind of <laughs> waves his hand up and down. Yeah. That was I can remember sitting in the theater with Andy and our other friend, Nathan, because we all, we all grew up together and we died laughing. And it, for years at school, we would occasionally just walk up to each other, or pass each other in the hallway and just do that. You know, the Spider-Man <laughs> thing uh, and start laughing because we were little dirt dorks. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was ingrained in the culture. It, it helped inform who I am. And so I was really curious what it was going to be like revisiting these from that angle, but also from the angle of now, obviously we have seven or eight huge tentpole superhero films every year. And um, 
I had never seen the, the, the original Spider-Man films since then. I hadn't seen them probably since 2006 or 2007. Like Andy said, I watched them a dozen times before that, but it's been a good 15 years or so um, or longer since I've seen these. So I was curious how they would hold up, what it would be like watching them now, because now we have this like ingrained visual language that we're used to seeing with superhero films. Uh, and I really think it was fun. To, and I, I recommend that anyone do that because this is six years before Iron Man came out. So it's like everything that we enjoy is ingrained in the DNA of these original Raimi films, I think. Even though the X-Men film came first, I don't think it informed no. the way they are now as much. I think Sam Raimi and Christopher Nolan birthed, for good or ill, what we're stuck in now as yeah. far as superhero films. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Uh, like like you said, this is before Iron Man. This is also before, uh, I think more importantly, it's before The Dark Knight uh, and Batman Begins to a lesser extent because I feel like The Dark Knight visually kind of informs how we view superheroes. Like everything has to be grounded in realism now, at least in some shape or form. Uh, whereas I think uh, Raimi was still operating in a, these are cartoon characters. Ah, they're still kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, I think you're 100% right that it, and it is so much fun to go back and revisit them now. I don't think I've seen Spider-Man one since like 2010. And I remember I remember then in 2010 rewatching Spider-Man thinking like, wow, I still love this, but it's dated. So like, <laughs> so like watching it now, I was like, man, this sure is dated. But boy, it's boy. Howdy. It's fun. Gee whiz. Yeah. Peter Parker. <laughs> boy, howdy. <laughs> and one thing we should mention, too, though, is uh, Sam Raimi, despite. Uh, well, Sam Raimi definitely like kind of created the DNA that ultimately transformed into the MCU. But he's returning to that uh, his his love child uh next year he's directing the new dr strange absolutely yeah multiverse of madness i'm mm -hmm. i have thoughts after watching these films uh i don't know where to start and i don't want to take over with with cynicism but so and that's leading the witness entirely but how do you think it held up overall andy um so it was every bit as campy as i remembered it being uh often to its detriment but it still like hit all the right notes for me um i'm specific specifically talking about spider-man one spider-man two i actually prior to re-watching it the other day struggled to remember who the villain was and now I, I know that that's like blasphemous because alfred molina as doc ock is supposed to be like the most seminal aspect of the uh raimi trilogy but that and, you know, Peter Parker's hair in Spider-Man 3. But uh, <laughs> one especially was my jam back in the day. Like, I've always had this love-hate uh, relationship with uh, comic book movies where I, I just burn out after a while. You know, like, I've had enough of it. I still haven't seen all the MCU, and I probably never will. But um, Spider-Man 1 specifically still hit the way I wanted to. And honestly, like, it aged pretty... Like, it looks great. It's obviously film stock that's shot on, given the time. The CG fucking holds up, man. Like, that was one of the things that I was most struck by. Like, there's occasional times where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's totally Spider-Man. But, um, like, for its time, like, damn, it, it looks good. I and, agree. Uh, I think that the, the visual effects is what you would think would hold up the least well. And uh, they were the most solid. Like there's films made today that don't look as good as some of the action sequences that Raimi shot in the original Spider-Man in 2002. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what's messed up though. I watched, I watched Spider-Man three last night and I think Spider-Man three has the worst special effects of all three of these movies. 
which is well, like you told to that me. story about how Ramy was kind of upset and maybe there was just less effort all around from the leadership position there. Who knows? And again, I, so full disclosure, we talked about it in the main episode, which I don't know if that's going to be released before or after this, but um, I haven't seen Spider-Man three ever. And I haven't included it in my massive rewatch yet. So I'm really not, I'll be honest, not looking forward to podcasting <laughs> for six hours. And then that's the last thing I do today is fucking watch Spider-Man three. Uh, but that's how my day is panning out so far. Um, a little depressed actually. <laughs> I kind of wish we were in a, we were in a state of being where we could watch these movies together. Cause I would love to watch Spider-Man three with you guys and just fucking rip it apart. That, that sounds like so much fun to me. Cause it's one of those movies that I think you could have a blast kind of laughing at for while sure. you watch. Right. I, I got to watch in a group setting uh, Spider-Man 2 and The Amazing Spider-Man yesterday. And that was fun. Just laughing with my friend and kind of doing the mystery science theater treatment to it was really fun. Mm -hmm. So I wish I was with you guys, too, because this is this is good times. Um, I think uh, overall, Sam and Steve's going to be the leader. He took a lot of notes and we didn't know if we were going to do just a and two hours on each film or whatever. So we decided to group them together if possible, Spider-Man one and two overall talk. Uh, so I'm going to follow Steve's lead and, you know, he's going to bring up maybe points and I can, he can jar my memory, but overall, I think, again, I, I just want to get out in front of myself and say, th these are great films, especially for at the time, because you have to remember in context, making a superhero film was a fucking joke in 2002. Like nobody could believe that this was going to be where it is today, first off, or even be a decent one -er at the time. I mean, it was a really risky maneuver. Um, it was, they only ever had any success on an animated level. And uh, in the nineties comics themselves had fallen apart and Marvel's comic sales were atrocious. So they started selling off their characters to try to stay afloat, which is how Sony um, I think they acquired Columbia pictures in 1989 and so that and that's how they acquired uh, Spider-Man. And so, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, what's going on right now? Nobody knew what was going to happen. And and Sam Raimi stuck to uh, his guns and said, you know what? This, these are goofy cartoon characters. We're going to we're going to include the camp. That's what I'm famous for, uh, like self-serious camp. Like he's a weird mixture of both. So they're fun. And luckily, Spider-Man's a funny character, you know, in canon. So they're hilarious movies. They make you feel good. Uh, but I think they have a lot of <clears throat> logical inconsistencies that the fact that it's fun or campy does not excuse. And I think that there's some some performance choices that are um, not only frustrating, but maddening at times uh, <laughs> for me, for me. Um, but anyway, overall, I think I think they're 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 still wonderful films. Well, with that, do you want to do you want me to just kind of go through the synopsis of, of Spider-Man 2002 and we'll make our way through that and then Spider-Man 2 as well? Yeah, start us off with, with one, and uh, we'll just jump in and, and do what we can. Well, right off the top, so we're starting off with Spider-Man 1, and right off the top, guys, I have to say, Danny Elfman's theme is the tits. It is. He slaps every time. The dude doesn't miss. I, and I actually, when I was making the TikTok review... Uh, I was like, ooh, the original Marvel scrawl. Like, no, 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 no. like, right? Like, that, that was That's cool. The first time that had ever been showcased in a movie was in Spider Man. That was the yeah, first time it's, we'd it's ever gorgeous. seen it. Yeah. Then the score kicks in. And if you watch the TikTok, I'm like, sounds like Danny Elfman. And then it pops up, you know, soundtrack by Danny Elfman. And I was like, ooh, I'm a genius. You know, but it's, <laughs> it's not that I was very smart. It's, he's an incredibly distinctive style. 
Um, and we had just watched Beetlejuice. So it was like on my brain, but yeah, wonderful, wonderful score. It's so interesting that they picked Danny Elfman because Danny Elfman's music does have this sort of gothic vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And and then Spider-Man is this bright and colorful, plucky young kid, but they picked the they picked the gothic guy to, to score the movie, but it, for whatever reason, it works really, really well. And I, I appreciate that he used his own kind of spin on the, on the, on the subject matter and didn't just do a rip off of the uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. song that mm-hmm. like the current MCU uh, movies do. I think that Raimi's intention was to add some emotional weight, which he frequently tries to do and sometimes very successfully in these films, but also Elfman's got that whimsy, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hey, it's still Spider-Man ultimately. So let's keep the whimsy. Um, so he's a perfect choice on that note. Another now fo- the credits songs, not so much, but we'll get into that later. All the, the, uh, the musical, uh, we, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> what <laughs> I other- lost my shit when the credits roll. Another fun fact about this movie is this is the first movie to ever gross $100 million in its opening weekend. Wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, which first ever. Were- First, first time ever a movie had grossed a hundred million in its opening weekend. And studio execs got hard dicks for comics immediately. Yeah, they're like, we're making a billion of these. <laughs> now, now we're here. <laughs> well, the movie starts off with, like we said, a narration of Peter Parker saying, "Who am I? You sure you want to know?" Yes, I paid <laughs> for the ticket. Uh, and really, this is just a good uh, introduction to just how lame peter parker is he's late for the bus he's trying to catch up to the bus but man that bus driver's a fucking dick because he sees this poor nerdy kid trying to catch up and he's like you know what i'm gonna speed up (laughs) i'm gonna let this kid chase us for a couple blocks before mary jane watson uh finally uh allows peter to uh get on the bus and fun fact so toby mcguire at the time of release was 27 years old when this movie came out and he's supposed to be a teenager he looks every bit of it too he looks every bit of 40 yeah (laughs) james franco was 24 at the time and kirsten dunce was only 19 which yeah she she's believably uh you know around that age group yeah Um, there's a scene in that in the beginning of spider-man one and it, it it's maddening where they're on a field trip First off, the whole bus scene that you're talking about, they go full Forrest Gump. Straight can't up sit, Forrest Gump. Can't sit here. <laughs> yeah, even, no one says, you can sit here if you want to. It's even, like a bus that Jenny's not on. Like, fuck this guy. Well, even the nerdy girl who would be Jenny's like, don't even think about it. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I don't want you lowering my stock on this bus. <laughs> um, and then, so they get on a field trip later, and the teacher yeah. looks more appropriately aged than any of the crowd of quote unquote children and i'm just I, they're losing me so quickly i'm like okay yeah i'm pretty sure that teacher is is actually younger than toby mcguire i i, I could have swore i looked up his imdb at one point and was like yeah that dude's two years younger than toby <laughs> yeah that, you can tell it's so funny when like there's kids talking and like joe manganello's like hey look at the stupid spiders <laughs> being a jock and then you got that dude like hey i will flunk every single one of you if you interrupt this uh, this presentation one more time there's a there's a scene and maybe it's my like teacher's petness because i'm actually despite my history actually pretty good in school right i always sit up front and do really well I always pay attention uh and there's a scene where the lady's like doing the tour of the science lab, whatever the fuck it is, museum, spider museum. Uh, <laughs> and she's giving her presentation. You can hear her droning on in the background. And several of these protagonists have already been chastised for talking and they keep carrying on these conversations. 
and it gave me like anxiety. I'm like, the poor woman is trying to talk with the <laughs> teacher. Said, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, teacher said, stop talking. <laughs> what are you doing? And even Peter's like walks up like, hey, uh, did you know the spiders? Whatever he fucking said that Harry eventually stole. It's a defense uh, mechanism. They can change color. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I want to know that? Why wouldn't you want to know that? (laughs) That's funny. And then, so there's this betrayal from, from the character of James Franco early on, like Harry, James Franco's character. He immediately, and he knows that he's in love with that, that Peter's in love with Mary Jane and he uses his spider knowledge to hit on her. Right. So there's this early betrayal, which I found interesting. It kind of takes some of the wind out of the sails of where their relationship ultimately goes because he's kind of like a cock early on. And I was I was struck by that. I do like how when he does use the line, he looks back at Pete and has this like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it was I mean, it just came out, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, this is where so the, the 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 spider tour, as it were, which is weird. It does look like they're going on a trip to a museum, but it's clearly supposed to be a laboratory that they're touring. But that's neither here nor there. But they kind of move on. And before uh, they join him, Pete's like, hey, can I take your photo, MJ, for this for the school picture? The first of a thousand super creepy lives for the paper. <laughs> Dude. So, By the way, this is a real form, film camera. So it has like. I think this is important to know, actually, for his character. They have what, Andy, 24 shots? Something like that. It depends on the role, but yeah, they cap it. Digital cameras, you can take as many as you want, but a roll of film only has like 24 or 26 shots or something Mm -hmm. like that. This guy takes 14 of Mary Jane, right? (laughs) And he does actually work for the school paper. So I think that's, if you know that about film cameras, then you're seeing where his head's at with this lady, right? I do love MJ's posing though. She does like a good job. Of, like, yeah. She, she's yeah, given him a lot of material fun. to work with, you know? Yeah. She's <laughs> cute. She's, she's it's like, she clearly likes Peter. She's not a mean person. Yeah. But the, but one of the spiders had gotten out of the cage. Mary Jane actually pointed out there like, Oh, there's only 14. There's not 15 spiders. One of them's huh. out. Maybe that one's being tested on right now. It's fine. No, it's actually just up there. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing that bothers me about this movie and uh, I don't remember how Tom Holland is bit, but it's it happens again. They don't show it don't in show Amazing. It. it doesn't. No, okay. he's just already already Spider-Man. Yeah. The only one that handles this well is Into the Spider Verse. Why are there not forty-seven Spider-Mans? Because like the spider bites Peter Parker, lands on his hand as he's taking pictures. He doesn't do anything to provoke it. He isn't like fuck you, Spider bitch, you can't bite me. Nothing like that, right? It's just he's standing there. He gets bit because the spider's an asshole. Mm-hmm. The spider runs away. Okay. There's hundreds of people in this building day in and day out. How is no one else ever bit? Yeah. Right. Well, same it, thing happens in Garfield's version. So defend Tom Holland, Tom Holland. There is a line where he tells Ned the spider's dead. So we don't see what happens, but at least that spider has is exactly. Dead. And into the spider verse after it bites miles, he kills it. Yeah. Like, I love that. Little, like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then that's how no one else got bit. Right. But in these movies, it's like, where the fuck that spider go? It's just, we're supposed to believe it. That was its life. It felt guilty for the rest of its life. It was like Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven <laughs> and just lived the rest of its days regretting the, the person it used to be. I bet that poor kid who was just taking photos of that nice young girl. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to go hide I, in the corner. I hope a cat I like that your me. spider has a southerner accent. I'm just a simple, humble spider. He shouldn't have done that. He did the boy. <laughs> he <laughs> and that was his spider dad. <laughs> 
but yeah, this is where the spider comes out. It bites Peter. Um, we do cut to a shot of Norman Osborn, who was introduced earlier as being a, something of a scientist himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see him being a scientist all up in this bitch. He's at Oscorp. They're making performance enhancement drugs. He's given a tour to uh, some sort of army general. And they're, he's asking him, hey, I'm going to be real with you, man. Uh, I don't like you. I don't like the cut of your jib. I don't like your face. If uh, your super soldier serum doesn't provide results, I'm going to give all my funding to Quest Aerospace because they're making exosuits. And that shit rustled my jimmies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dr. Strom's like, we need to take it back to formula because uh, some of the side effects are insanity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened one, and then Norman's like, that happened one time. That was one Sissy. time. Come on. Back to formula. I don't know if we're going to get to it later, so I want to bring it up now. That exoskeleton or exosuit thing was a bitch, man. It was like this giant tank thing that you can't move <laughs> in. It goes up 10 feet in the air and explodes. It's Dude like, was literally sitting in a bathtub with arms. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the RoboCop 2 uh monster yeah it's it's like the other prototype but less destructive (laughs) so peter goes home uh and this is where we're introduced to uncle ben and aunt may peter runs off to bed because he's not feeling well obviously he's been bitten by a spider but this is our first kind of glimpse into uh, uncle ben and aunt may played by the the lovely rosemary harris and cliff robertson Um, okay here's where i gotta stop you and again i'm really sorry i don't know comics lore Okay, so that's his Uncle Ben. Yes. And his Aunt May. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. So those are okay. And Peter Parker is 17 years old. 17 or 18. Yeah. At the most. Okay. They're 90. Why is his (laughs) uncle 80 years old? His dad's brother. Maybe his parents had him late in life and they were also a lot younger than their siblings. You never know. No, Family is an interesting Toby thing. Toby Maguire's real life uncle is why he's Exactly. Single. They cast it based on Toby Maguire's age. Like, well, it'd be this old, I guess. Oh, so, shit. Well, we can't go back. We paid him. So in the movie, Uncle Ben is supposed to be 68. Uh, he's supposed to be 68. Cliff Robertson at the time was 75 years old. Mm. And yet, apparently, they still gave him aged makeup to make him appear older (laughs) so either cliff robertson looked like a fucking stud in 2002 at six at 75 i I like his performance but it's just it bothers me now now that there's this whole zeitgeist of uh, marissa tomei is aunt may she's so hot it's stupid i'm like i I think she's actually appropriately aged now you know what i mean well i always wanted so there was this big kind of fan uh, desire that if they ever did a flashback in Tom Holland's Spider-Man to see Uncle Ben, that they would cast Tobey Maguire as Tom Holland's Uncle Ben. I always thought that would be a fun thing to do because he he's you know age appropriate to us now. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be cute. <laughs> uh, but what do you guys think about um, Cliff Robertson and Rosemary Harris, just in general, a, age aside? Just what do you think of their performances overall? Um, I think Andy would agree with me. I think. Cliff is awesome and gives an iconic performance, you know, the, um, with great power comes great responsibility. Like all of this informed all of the sound bites for later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rosemary Harris is probably a stunning actress that's been in all kinds. Like I could see, I don't know what she's been in. Cause I'm, I'm not that kind of cinephile. I'm an asshole. Right. So I'm sure it's like, Oh my God, you didn't see her stage production of is it, mice, is it she in, <laughs> isn't she in uh uh what is it called don't let the devil know you're dead with marissa tomei she's in a movie with marissa tomei which is kind of funny 
I don't know, but I think her portrayal of Aunt May is comic. It's probably Sam Raimi is comical and I can't take it seriously at all. Yeah. <laughs> She's not great uh, as Aunt May, but that that's okay. And especially having gotten like now Marissa Tomei and even Aunt May in uh, Into the Spider-Verse, like there's so much like fun quirk you can have with Aunt May that they just went for straight grandma vibes in mm-hmm. this one and uh, to its detriment. And I, I get why i guess yeah at the uh, time this was what aunt may was supposed to be yeah like Um, from the comics she was always this older geriatric woman who was just oh humble pie and sweet phrases and monologues peter she has some good lines and there was some old 2000s humor that just really made me and again i think a lot of what makes the movie so quote-unquote great is just nostalgia for me or I would be picking apart even harder if I just saw this for the first time today. But that's not fair. If I saw whatever from 81 for the first time today, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, um, <laughs> Labyrinth. Uh, yeah. Um, but don't you talk no think, shit about uh, Labyrinth, she has boy. some great moments, especially in Spider-Man 2. There's a moment where he has to tell her what happened to Ben, really. Uh, that scene she's phenomenal in. It's just there's some goofy scenes between her and Green Goblin or some funny scenes like in the hospital when he's talking to like, she is just like her husband's dead recently deceased, right? Brutally murdered. Uh, she was attacked by, again, this isn't a universe where supervillains are common yet. So this giant green suit guy on a floater, whatever, <laughs> just ripped her home in half and like tried to kill her. She's in the hospital, but she's still sweet enough to peek her eye open and just feel just her heart warmed by her son being horny with Mary Jane, the neighbor girl, you know what I mean? And it's, it's funny to, it just doesn't land right for me, but there was a line in particular that I remember laughing at thinking it was like the peak pun where Peter's all tired. He's doing a bunch of different stuff. And she's like, you're not Superman, you know, and <laughs> cause he is Spider-Man. So it's like, ah, ha, ha. I see you. By the way, Andy Point alluded to it earlier. It's really interesting, actually. I don't know why there hasn't been whole YouTube essays about this. Everybody shit their pants when Eternals came out recently and they mentioned uh, Spider-Man or Superman. And so it's like apparently Marvel canon that DC DC comics are comics in the Marvel universe and everyone else is real. And like, this has always been the case because Mm -hmm. I saw that watching. I was like, since the inception of this universe, it has well, been the case that like, well, I think it's a more comics bigger, exist. It's a bigger deal nowadays because there is that divide and Marvel kind of owns their properties now. Whereas this isn't necessarily a Marvel owned property at the time. This is much more of a Sony thing. Right. Um, so it, 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 I think the Eternals thing is a bigger deal now than it was then. Cause there, there wasn't this rivalry at the time, at least in the mm-hmm. cinematic world. Yeah. This is pre Nolan's Batman. Uh, but yeah, so Peter, so he goes upstairs and he begins his transformation into Spider-Man. And I think this is the first of what I think I really, really appreciate about these movies. And that is Sam, Sam Raimi's, um, origin in horror films. Like he has such a good visual style when it comes to this type of stuff where he's doing quick cuts and like strange, you know, tilted camera angles that Mm -hmm. kind of rotate, 
um, and he does like punchy zooms on people for reactions. Just this this horror film style that he comes from really adds a lot of personality to these films. And I do want to kind of take a step back and like that that horror personality kind of lends itself into the action of his movies as well. Like when yeah, he and very much so. Goblin are fighting or when he and Dr. Octopus are fighting, there is this like punchy, definitely Sam Raimi style to the way he films yeah. these action scenes, which I think is lost on modern MCU movies because I know a lot of MCU movies will have... You have your Chloe Zhao or whatever, your main director, but then when they do the action scenes, they're taken over by an action director and they film those. Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose the visual style... Yeah, you you lose the visual style of the main director, and I and that's why I love these movies. Is is Raimi kind of keeps his visual style even in the action, and that and that's something I really really like about it, especially into when Doc Ock's uh, tentacle or arms come to life. That is the most Raimi sequence of the entire series. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and and perhaps one of the best set pieces of the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when you watch yeah, that today or yesterday, as I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's phenomenally well done. I mean, it's it, there's tension in it. It's it, the the camera work's amazing. That doctor um, holding up the axe. I'm like, yes, fucking Evil it, Dead. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It almost doesn't fit too. It's just it's so shoehorned in. Like this, what is this? Like the damsels screaming. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, but w- so Peter wakes up and he's buff and he can see clearly. What do you guys think about shredded Tobey Maguire? <laughs> I'm curious. Do you have? Do you, either of you happen to know? Did they like film a before and after, or was there like a composite body for uh, Skinny Pete? Uh, did we? We didn't really see him shirtless a whole lot. We do see him shirtless um, beforehand, though. Yeah, we we see that to me, night in the morning after. Like it looked like a pump. Do you know what I mean? It looked like he did twenty push-ups and was flexing in that scene and then just wasn't in the scene prior. So, and it was a believable transformation, like just, you know, it wasn't like um, free guy or something, you know, Ryan Reynolds the <laughs> character that they built at the end, like that would be ridiculous. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it just looked to me like a pump or something you, mm-hmm. you can look that different, you know, or even just a different kind of mirror. Have you seen what they do on social media guys? Like, have you seen the, the, the TikTok girls that are like, this is how I actually look. And this is how I can make myself look. And it's like, what? It's all a lie. Um, <laughs> so it could have just been the angle of the pose or in some flexing or something, but it, it was, that whole sequence is fun and it's really well done. And I, that's what I meant about the DNA. I think if you think about it, that's the first time we get like, this is the first superhero origin movie ever pretty much i mean we get some batman from 89 and stuff like that but um the whole like comical ways the the realization of your powers coming about can be in your real life like stuff sticking to your hands and oh my god i can see now and this is that's the way you fucking do it now ramey invented it do you know what i mean like that's that's the only way it can be done now you're doing it wrong if you do it elsewise um and that's what i had fun watching this is also where we got the iconic Jack Black MTV Movie Awards sequence where he sees Mary Jane uh, in the next door window and he starts shooting webs all over the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the, the neighbor girl that doesn't close her curtains and you think that could be problematic. Um, I, I take issue a little bit, and this is perhaps a product of its time too, but the female characters in general in Raimi's Spider-Man, um, just not great. No, not great. And the only time it works is when it's from J. Jonah Jameson's perspective, because he is canonically an asshole Mm -hmm. and a misogynist. Um, 
like there's a there's I don't know if it's one or two, but there's a I, no one else laughed that was with me. But it was one of the funniest parts of the movie for me. Like Peter's getting one of his paychecks and he's like, go see the girl. Uh, and <laughs> the idea that that's his direct secretary and he doesn't know her name is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but anyway. It's Betty Brant, dude. Come on, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> uh, so he he. You know, we kind of get a repeat sequence of Pete trying to catch up onto the bus. And he's like slamming, you know, hitting his hands on the bus and, you know, his hands stick to the to the sign that's on the side of the bus and it rips off. And, you know, we find out Peter Parker is sticky now. Which, Old uh, sticky hands. Again, this I, I love how this movie in particular with Spider-Man's powers and kind of discovering his powers is such a obvious allegory for puberty. Yes. Um, he's got like hair when now. I, when Aunt May discovers him masturbating. <laughs> that's hey, how I read the the scene. i'm exercising i'm not dressed aunt may yeah and he's all sweaty and she's like oh peter yeah i told you to leave me alone when i'm vacuuming <laughs> yeah right and then there's webs stuck all over his room oh, um, yeah. i'm pretty sure that's the joke and i'm not weird but anyway that's how i took it any changes peter <laughs> big change yeah <laughs> uh let's see so uh, this is when Harry, I don't know if Harry's coming home from school or what, but he comes home and he finds his dad passed out. Um, he, well, I guess we, I, th- I guess I skipped over a note. Yeah, I did skip over a note. I'm so sorry. Uh, so after the, go- so av- after uh, Peter kind of has his transformation, we cut to the goblin being born. Uh, you know, we're not going back to formula. We're having a human trial right now. And, and Norman Osborn, played by Willem Dafoe, is going to have the human trial on himself. Uh, but uh, Dr. Strom, his, his buddy who wanted to go back to formula, is trying to tell him no. You know, and I really like this scene too. Uh, and we talked in the in the main podcast about part of the charm of Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin are the small, minor touches that he adds to this to the character. And there's this one in this scene. It's such a small thing, but it's it's always stuck with me when I think of this movie. I always think of this as when he gets strapped in to the to the the table that's going to go into the gas chamber. Uh, like the straps go over him, and Willem Dafoe goes, "Huh, cold." Dude, when that happened, I believe my pen was scribbling furiously. I don't because he's so domineering and he's he's like, I have this vision. I know that I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. I will conquer the world. It's done. And then he just he, he like whimpers when the cold metal touches his body like he's about to. Why is that included? No, I love it, man. I love Why? it. Why? It makes like, him he's so... He's about to do something that he doesn't know what's going to happen. Like, you're think about that. The mental state of someone who's going to inject a, a large amount of experimental medicine. He's either going to be a super strong human that'll live till he's 150 or just die horribly. And it's still enough on his mind to be like, oh, cold metal. <laughs> like, it's oh, no, I love it because choice. that's such something that all of us can uh, relate to. We've all been on a table like that and like, oh, that's that's uncomfortable. And so that that humanizes him for me, because even though, yeah, you're right, he's like, I'm going to fucking do this. There's still that uncomfortability and like he like kind of like, huh, and he has to say, oh, it's cold. That's why I'm whimpering. I'm not having second thoughts. It's cold. <laughs> I just yeah, love I that small so. character touch that makes him a, it just makes him more of a human being than ha ha. I'm Spider-Man's villain, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what I'm going to be I, doing. I like the touch too, personally. <laughs> Do you have the touch? Do you have the power? 
<laughs> but yeah, so uh, so Harry finds his dad passed out after he has his uh, his uh, his uh, experiment because he has become crazy. I guess the insanity is part of the side effects that he's having. He has killed Doctor Strong. Back Instantly. to formula and throws them into the computers. It's not a slow side effect. No, it's it's like, like some pills are like may cause drowsiness, right? And you don't just pass out immediately. But this particular medicine, just instant insanity. One small cool thing, uh, apparently. So the the gas that he's in the the gas chamber uh, is a green gas, right? Apparently, that is actually an effect that they added in post. Um, it, on set, it was a white gas because the uh, special effects crew couldn't figure out how to make a green gas that wasn't toxic. <laughs> so they asked, which, which sounds so cartoony, like we can't make a green gas that's to- not toxic. Right. All green <laughs> gases are, in fact, toxic. Everybody knows. <laughs> so, I love how Dr. Strom was uh, performing vertical CPR, too. Yeah. It just looked funny. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing mock vertical cpr right now <laughs> hey man you work you work you work with what you got yeah you don't uh, have time to lay him down i get it i'm just saying it looked funny so we're back at back at school peter's kind of noticing small things that are different about him uh the biggest thing that happens is mary jane happens to walk by him in the cafeteria and he gets his spider sense for the first time and he whips mm. it around and he catches her after she slips off of like uh, some liquid on the floor and he yeah, managed, nobody, that janitor needs to be fired first yeah, off for real that's a hazard baby <laughs> uh and he manages to not only catch her but he catches all of her food back on her tray and it's super impressive and uh he then you know that was a super impressive thing to do and he ruins it by just staring at her <laughs> <laughs> supposedly that was practically done something like 200 takes for toby to catch all that shit yeah and somehow did not at the end of that go oh holy fuck i did it (laughs) (laughs) that's what we would have done if i if i finally fucking cat all that i'm like did you guys get that That was fucking awesome ah this is where the rabi camp just gets in high gear uh it's and i didn't notice until the rewatch 20 years later but like this scene all the way through the next 15 minutes are ridiculous because you, the whole notion is that this kid who's not only just like a nobody, but actively everybody seems to kind of like be like, fuck that guy. Right. Despises Which always him. annoys me when it's like, a, cause I grew up, I was, I was a, a fat kid and I had, I was poor. And so like I experienced a lot in the whole notion, I still have a lot of resentment of that. And so whenever I see like a skinny physically fit, really smart, pretty handsome guy get treated like this i'm like you've never been to school have you because that's he would be fine i don't, um, I don't know man toby mcguire naturally has a hateable but he face. is a goober he's definitely a goober <laughs> like you, i bet he ate a lot of boogers you know you can just look at him um and not not peter parker like toby um but, <laughs> but the, so he catches all the fruit he catches mary jane like that's not unprecedented reflexes for any child much less that one in particular and then Later, he like has a web attached to a tray that he hits Flash with and drags it out. Everybody sees the web attached to it. (laughs) Then he does like four aerial backflips in a fight with Flash. That's not even physically fucking possible, much less something you could assume Peter could achieve. Uh, And just nobody suspects that that might be the Spider-Man or something worth looking into in general. Like there's one girl in the back that goes, how did he do that? And that's, that's it. And I know it's like at the time, Raimi was like, this is a comic. This fight, we're going to stay true to how it was. Like there's a whole lot of fuck it that goes on in comic books. Sure. 
but watching it now, I'm like, okay. Um, anyway, I love the scene. <laughs> i love it all i love the the silly like how he gets the web stuck to the tray and he's like awkwardly walks out of the cafeteria with a tray <laughs> dragging behind him and then joe manganello like hey parker we're gonna fight and then there's that famous story about how people hated toby mcguire on set so much that they were trying that people were pay were willing to pay joe manganello to accidentally make contact in this fight scene with him and actually punch him because n- apparently Tobey Maguire is just a horrible shit stain of a person to work with. But apparently they couldn't because he's Spider-Man and he's a method actor and yeah, he could do flips. Him. Yeah. His reflexes <laughs> are too strong. <laughs> yeah. That story about the fruit is really famous. Like that he, that he really practically did that. Um, and that's interesting. So when I was doing the video of Spider-Man two, <laughs> it's dumb, but I, I was filming the TikTok and I was like a little bit, few people know this, but Toby Maguire actually stopped this train. It took six takes. <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody, hundreds of people joke, died. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, I want to, we're like, I hate to keep jumping ahead, but just I'm looking at the global perspective and this is reminding me of things. I think the the biggest problem with this film, and it's a wonderful film, but is huge. And that is that I don't I don't buy the love between uh, Mary Jane Watson and Peter Parker at all, all because of Tobey Maguire's terrible performance. It, it, it's there's nothing about like love struck teenager that he's able to pull off here. It, it is a hundred percent obsessed creep. Right. And I, I, it just, it bothers me. And it's not like, not in like a, a woke way or whatever you want to say. It's well, just no, he like looks a like common a, sense way. He looks like a 40 year old man doing all he's this just stuff. leering. And like, it's, it's creepy, man. Yeah. It's well, he's then, always like walking outside, taking out the trash, eavesdropping on her family issues. And, and she even calls him out on it. Like, you listen to that. Well, now it's taking out the trash, but I heard everybody hears it, don't they? You know, <laughs> dude, if I was in that situation, I would be doing the same thing he was. I mean, her redneck dad yelling, I would be staring at like, oh, that redneck dad's going crazy. How sure, am I the bad guy for listening in on that? It's my fucking neighbor. <laughs> I don't think that you would act the way he does following that, though. And I'm going to say something maybe controversial, maybe not. I don't think anybody in this movie anybody is giving a, a good performance at all except jk simmons and willem dafoe uh and maybe uncle ben james yeah, franco's probably- fucking terrible and it drives me insane like it's yeah, so yeah. bad it's hayden christensen bad like they could have yeah. put franco's face on the you know <laughs> franco's bad anyway. in all three movies and he and he's like it's really bad it's like, like not s- even like oh that could have been better it's like how did this pass Wait. the like when you watch editing room, when you watch three, his performance in three is if someone gave him all of the notes in the first two movies. We're like, this is what we think you did wrong. And he's like, cool, I'll ratchet all of that up to 11. <laughs> yeah. And I know that James Franco as a person is like extremely flawed and there's a lot to like a lot of dark things potentially going on and stuff. But all that aside, I actually like Franco in general. I think he's really funny and he's had some really good dramatic performances under his belt. But in this, it doesn't look like he's ever acted a day in his life. Am I wrong? Am I being an asshole? No, no, you're right. Terrible. Okay. I'm just making sure because I'm watching it like, wow. Kristen Dunst, I I give her some leeway because she's only 19. She's really, really, this is really early in her, you know, adult career. And I I don't think she gives an impressive one, but I don't think it's her fault. I think it's acting 
against Toby. That's like the awkwardness. You know, she's always got this like half lidded. I don't know what he's doing yeah. and what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and also in, in this, in these movies, Mary Jane isn't a well-written character. She's just, I'm here to yell when things go bad. And then all shucks at Peter sometimes, you know? <laughs> yes. Which I hundred percent is- agree with Chris though, about like the love between them is unbelievable. Eventually when she's like, you know, when I thought I was going to die, the only person I thought of was you, Pete. You're the person that's always been there for me. It's like, for what? When? When was Peter Parker ever there for you? You like only kind of knew each other because you were neighbors and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. like, and, and this might just be the inability for a, the format of a 90 minute film to establish enough mm-hmm. backstory for it to be believable. But like, I, are we supposed to assume that they were childhood friends that grew apart in high school and we just didn't get to see any of that? Cause so far, like from what we see on screen, which is all we have to run with. No, I, th- I think it's always been the case of Peter creep. leering at her. Yeah, ever since he was six a line years old. Where yeah. She tells him that she wants to be an actor when she grows up. And he's like, oh, you've been amazing in the school plays. I think you're going to nail it. And she's like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he says something like some play, you know, I cried. Move or something. Yeah. And she's like, that was first grade, you know, and he's like, yeah, but you killed. And it's not played well, even- it's supposed to be, but. It doesn't come off like, oh, he's so charming and clever that he brought that up the way it would come off from like a Ryan Gosling or dare I say an Andrew Garfield. Uh, it just comes off like, ooh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you think about that a lot, don't you? Uh, not a fan of, of the Mr. McGuire. So I'll, so I'll speak. I'm punch him. <laughs> well, it's so important. <laughs> he has an incredibly punchable face. Yes. Um, so because his lips are always a little too wet. Anyway, go <laughs> He starts testing his powers. That's when we get the go web go. Um, he misses painting with Ben. You know, uh, he, he finds out that Mary Jane is attracted to a guy with a car because Flash has a new car and she mm-hmm. like leaves him and he's like, don't scratch the leather, babe. You know, she she knows how to pick him. Uh, so this you know, kind of like, you know, turns a light bulb on Peter Parker's head. Like, I have to earn money. I'm going to use these powers to go earn some money. He tricks Uncle Ben into taking him to the library, but he's actually going to a wrestling competition where if he beats a wrestler, he'll get $3,000, and that wrestler is Bonesaw. <laughs> what did you guys think of the Bones? I have thoughts about this. <laughs> what did you guys think about the Bonesaw scene? Bonesaw's ready. Um, I, I, I think it's clever. I know they had to find a way to like get him in costume mode because there's no other some other origin movies have other heroes in the universe already right Mm -hmm. so it's like i can't think of any examples but you know what i'm talking about like if it's um um i can't think of any the the current spider-man iron man was already there to give him the suit exactly so in that universe the avengers exist and so the idea of being a superhero He's like, oh, shit, I'm a superhero. That's great. Right. But in this Spider-Man, there is no such thing. Yeah. He so he's got to, to have a way to, like, come upon the idea, the notion of wearing a costume anonymously fighting crime. Uh, so that I, I like it for that. I don't know if it's comic canon because there's a I don't know if you I know it's been a while for both of you. But in Amazing Spider-Man, there's a scene where he he Garfield's as Spider-Man is fighting someone. Um, some like nobody crooks and he falls through a roof into a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if that's a nod to the comics or a nod to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. It's, it's both. I have no idea. It's both. So the, the whole wrestling thing is comics canon. 
Yeah, I'm like 90% sure that that is. Okay, yeah, I was wondering about that because once the ring popped up again, I was like, is this how Peter Parker really was born? Was a wrestling match? Because that's <laughs> fucking amazing. It's a luchador mask in, in Garfield's universe. Um, it's really funny. Anyway, but yeah, I, I think bone, it's the fact that it's, there's a bunch of good cameos in the in the Raimi films. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of Bruce Raimi Campbell, sandwich. obviously. Yeah, we got Bruce um, Campbell who actually names Spider-Man. Yeah. Because Toby wanted to be called the human spider and oh god, yeah, that's he's like, terrible. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a cool uh that was a cool nod. Um yeah, I, I like this whole sequence. I think it's fun. And I love the and again, I know it's probably from the comics, but the whole idea of uh and I'm sorry to destroy your notes again, but the whole idea of like uh Uncle Ben being murdered by the guy he chose not to stop out of pettiness, right? Um, because there's this whole scene where the the guy who's running the wrestling thing decides not to pay Peter on a technicality and he's mad at him. Then he gets robbed. He has an t- opportunity to stop the the robber and he decides not to in a really clever, not my job kind of way or whatever, quoting the guy who fucked him over. And that guy is the one who kills Ben until Spider-Man 3 ruins that. Yeah. <laughs> um which well, completely underdoing the whole trilogy. Does Spider-Man 3? Oh god, I don't remember that. It, you yeah, I'm pretty sure it ends it up being does. Sandman's the it one is. that shot Ben or something stupid. Yeah, Sandman, they find out is the one that actually killed Ben. Um, but that's a really good really motivational dumb. origin story for a superhero. Like I the one time I decided not to intervene, self it just you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can't I can't let this happen member. anymore because I didn't I intervene, it ruined everything else. Anytime I see a siren ever, I have to help. Right. It, and that's it, how he is through the rest of these films and to the detriment of his own personal life. It's such a great sequence because you have that obviously like of what is going to spur him on to become an actual hero, but also like him entering a wrestling competition is a great reason for him to be like, oh, I need a colorful costume. Let me design a colorful costume. Um, Absolutely. That, even that ad says like uh, colorful characters, a must or something. Yeah. Uh, a couple things I do want to bring up about the Bonesaw thing. Obviously, Bonesaw is played by the macho man, Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Bones. I got you for three minutes. Yeah, to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah, Slim Jim, babies. This was peak Slim Jim commercial times, I think. I think, yeah, around this time. Um, there's also another cameo in this scene. Do you guys remember what it is? Which is like a holy shit, she's in this movie? Um, In this scene? Yeah. Is it one of the like women that are taunting Peter at the beginning? No, the uh, the check-in girl oh, is played yeah, by Octavia, Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I didn't know if it was a cameo or just before she was famous is the way okay. I took it. But that was one of my like Elizabeth Banks things. Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about how Octavia Spencer looks the same? Oh, I know <laughs> she does not age. Not a bit. Like it looks how she looks now in movies. I was like, the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she took a time machine. It's like I'm gonna be in the Spider-Man movie. Speaking of cameos, I don't remember at which point in your notes it's going to happen, but this was the first Stan Lee cameo, right? It had to be. Oh, I don't I know mean, if it's the first one, but he's definitely in it. Was I mean, the original is Mallrats, Stan Lee as himself. Well, I mean, in his own movies yeah. of, of stuff he created where he started, yeah. it was became a shtick that he would appear at some point was in every one. Was he an X-Men? I don't remember if he's an X-Men. That's right? what I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Hmm. Well, he's, he's definitely he cameos in all three Raimi Spider-Man movies. You made me a sad boy when I saw his face. It was like that used to be something you'd look forward to. Is oh, how are they going to use uh, Stan Lee in this one? Right? Um, was he in Ang Lee's Hulk? Do you know? 
I've watched that movie once and never watch it again. So I, <laughs> I remember Ang Lee tried to do the thing where he like, what if it was comic pages on the screen? Yeah. And great idea. It just didn't work. Did not work anyway. So he, he beats Bonesaw's ass. Um, and I love the idea that the Bonesaw was actually beating the shit out of these people. And here's where the camp again, and you either love it or you hate it, but there's this guy like really hammering at home. Peter's kind of scared and nervous getting inside the ring. And there's guys on a gurney. I can't feel, feel my, my legs. legs. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Fucking love it. <laughs> Great. And all the, all, like as he's walking out of the ring, all the ring ladies are just talking mad shit to him. Like you got a small dick. You ain't going to be him. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> <laughs> they don't say exactly that, but it's that energy that they're bringing. Um, and, but then there's like, there is one really bad line in that, in this part that did not age well. It's very homophobic where he's like, that's a nice costume. Did your husband make it for you? It's like, Ooh, yeah. Pete, come on, man. Not cool. Yeah. Pete. But yeah, frosted tips, uh, escapes of the money and accidentally kills Ben. <laughs> um, and this is where we get a really sad scene where uncle Ben dies and, uh, it is very sad. I, I, I am very sad that, and, and really, you know, this speaks to the, 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 the skill of Cliff Roberts and uncle Ben is like, I don't think, I mean, uncle Ben is definitely in the amazing movies, but like Martin Sheen is just, I mean, he's Martin Sheen. He's great, whatever. But mm-hmm. like when people think of uncle Ben, this is who they think of, right? Like the, at least for me, yes. like he's very iconic. And I had forgotten that Martin Sheen was in now. He does a great job. Yeah. yeah. He plays the scrappy old man almost just as well but yeah i mean this is the the iconic uncle ben is Raimi's version for sure yeah so so after uh so the killer so spider-man you know chases frosted tips and frosted tips ends up tripping out of out of a window and dies um there's a little bit more of some Raimi Raimi uh, horror elements to that when spider-man's mm-hmm. stalking him but but then we get to the quest aerospace exosuit test that uh andy alluded to which looks terrible and but spider-man or i'm sorry goblin bombs everyone to hell uh and there's this really awkward transition where the pumpkin bombs like blow up into the general's face and he's screaming and there's like a fire effect but then the fire like turns into a bunch of graduation caps like Yay! Graduation. <laughs> yeah, match Yay. cut. Yeah, and now like, the the kids are graduating high school, and uh, everyone's everyone's there. May is sad that Ben's gone. There's a really awkward scene between Willem Dafoe and Tobey Maguire, where Willem Dafoe just kind of staring at him. It was it was a strange it was a, there was, they could have changed that with some snappy editing, but then this transitions to what I think is and I think we all think is the best part of these movies. And that is J Jonah Jameson. He does such a good yeah. job. It's, it's criminal. We've yeah. We're finally introduced to uh, JK Simmons portrayal of J Jonah Jameson. And he is just, I don't know, maybe Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but I don't know if other than that, if they have ever perfectly cast someone as a comic book character, as well as JK Simmons as J Jonah Jameson. It is Perfect. Just the way he's like, Parker, get, get in here. Give me pictures. Yeah. No, I'm thinking. That's why I'm quiet right now. I think you're right. I love that your reference to Hugh Jackman as being the other one. Um, maybe, and this is controversial, Tom Holland to Spider-Man. Um, just because he actually looks like a 16-year-old kid and he's got the the attitude. Do you know what I mean? The, the little, the quirky kid humor stuff. But yeah, I mean, this is iconic Jameson. Um, and he... I wonder what, know what you guys think, because there's a, a common refrain and retort when I say this. But I, uh, I when I was doing my recap on TikTok, I, I noticed something in Spider-Man 1. Green Goblin busts in and 
grabs Jameson by the neck and he's going to kill him conceivably uh, and, and says, tell me where Spider-Man is or who he is. And he says, I don't know who he is. Stuff comes in by mail under threat yeah. of death. Yeah. And I was like, say what you want about this character. He's questionable business ethics. He's a misogynist. He's just a real piece of shit, but he ain't no snitch. Yeah. He, he respects his uh, sources. And everybody always says he does that out of selfishness because he doesn't want to reveal his hookup on the photos. And I'm like, I don't read it that way. Like, I, I, I think either. there's a goodness in him. I think he knows it's a kid and like that he's on his deathbed. He's not going to think about like the money to his business or whatever. Yeah. But I also think it's funny. Are you guys aware of how much, and I know we're taking too much time because we still got to get through the whole other movie, but <laughs> are you guys aware of how much these kinds of photos cost? Like, oh, yeah, I know he is severely underpaying Peter. Like why <laughs> uh, tabloids and, and what's the word uh, paparazzi is, is, are a thing is like, if you get a picture of like Katy Perry, uh, nude or something, right? Or whatever, like looking, whatever, running, jogging with like a, a, a racist hat on or whatever, right? <laughs> those costs, like you can sell those for like $20,000, you know, is, yeah. what I'm, is what I'm pretty sure. And he's got these Spider-Man photos that literally no one else can get because he is Spider-Man and he's getting like 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he's supposed to live in New York City with. Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> well, now that I'm in my 30s, that shit drives me crazy. Well, there's a scene in the second one where the guy actually brings him Spider-Man's fucking suit. Yeah. And he gives him a hundred dollars. He gives him a hundred dollars for it. And those suits literally would go for like $40,000. They just cost $40,000 to make. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Especially like Spider-Man's suit. Yeah. And he's like, I could get more than 50 on eBay. And yeah. I'm like, you could get a hundred thousand dollars on eBay, <laughs> sir. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that line in particular is in reference to, uh, uh, I think two or three of the Spider-Man suits were actually stolen from the set. And really, and they were worried that they were going to, they never actually got thrown there. They never got put on eBay or anything, but they were valued at $20,000 a piece at the time. And so they, 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 they threw that line in because of that. Wow. Um, That's funny. So, yeah, so we see Jada Jenny Jameson. He's great. Mary Jane's trying to be an actress. She's, she's not doing so well. There actually are two little bits in this movie that I, that are interesting considering what the movies evolve into. What? Not, 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 not those little bits. In the Those j- bits were formative for me. That's for damn sure. Well, uh, specifically, so there are two different things. So in the first time we meet J. Jonah Jameson, he says like Eddie's been trying to take pictures of Spider-Man for weeks, referencing Eddie Brock, which later would mm-hmm. become a character that is introduced in Spider-Man three. And then uh, Peter Actually, has I didn't a, catch that. And then Peter has a line where he's like, Dr. Connors fired me for being late all the time, even though Dr. Connors is his professor in the second movie. And I just thought these were interesting, like little lines of dialogue where they didn't actually know where they were going. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, you know, Peter is trying to plug in some old fan service before it was a thing, you know? Exactly. Uh, so let's skip, let's skip to, there's some things that happen. Peter and Harry live together. Harry's now dating MJ and he didn't tell Peter that that was the case. Uh, but Harry brings, uh, MJ to the unity day festival at Oscorp. Uh, unfortunately for them, um, uh, uh, Norman Osborne. starring Mary J. Blige. Just we got to throw that out there. This is awesome early aughts. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. What Mary J. Blige? Macy Gray. Was, uh, with the Macy Gray. There it yeah, is. Thank Macy. You. Sorry. Um, but unfortunately for them, uh, Norman wants to bomb the Oscorp boards because they want him out. Norman. Unfortunately for them, 
<laughs> Goblin wants to bomb it. <laughs> so really, I love how Peter takes it really well that Harry's dating uh, MJ. Because I don't know if you remember being a teenager. Uh, I would have not have taken it well. Yeah. No, none at all. He, sure. he takes it in stride. <laughs> He's like, eh, I was never actually going to do anything other than smell her socks anyway. That's fair. There's that line where Harry's like, sorry, man, but you never made a move. And he's like, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. You're right. (laughs) She spoke to me on multiple occasions. I literally didn't respond uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, So what did you guys think? Because this is the first real big set piece where Spider-Man and the Goblin interact. You know, I I thought it was fucking awesome. Like Andy said earlier, the the effects are impressively uh, hold up well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. even though we have decades of innovation and I don't even know what a computer I had dial up internet when this came out. So it's extremely impressive. Um, and it's really well done. I, again, I'm a little annoyed looking back at like the damselish nature of all the female characters in this whole trilogy. Um, but again, perhaps a product of its time. I think it was a little behind the times even then, honestly, but I think, the, yeah, I think this was, the, things were just starting to change right around this time. I mean, like Underworld was out, right? Like mm-hmm. Mila Jovovich had already kicked zombie ass, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, and even in 2012, and Gar- I hate to keep bringing up Garfields, which you know that I like a little more, which is like my hot take. Uh, but um, what's her name? Gwen Stacy is is nowhere near. Yeah, Gwen's as awesome. Useless is that? Like she's she's awesome. Um, so anyway, that even just. Eight years later, they do a lot, a lot more. But I think the set piece, the, the question that you ask is great. I think Willem Dafoe's killing it. The glider's cool. The whole tension of uh, Mary Jane being involved because she happens to be standing next to Harry is believable and great. Um, it's cool. It's good stuff. I, I love the iconic out. Am I that whole line? And, and yeah. I, do, I do. One thing that struck me watching Here's a ball. It's going to turn you into a skeleton. <laughs> Dude, that's intense. Like that's never used again, by the way, why he doesn't use that when he throws something at Peter later. Motherfucker. Yeah. Take my knife ball. Oh <laughs> shit. I thought I packed the incinerator the ball. ball. <laughs> like why does he use that one later to fight over? The, those bombs do come back in the third movie. I will say. Okay, good. Um, but that's such a neat effect. But watching this again, uh, I, I laugh because so he saves Mary Jane from fall, from plummeting to her doom. And then he like proceeds to web sling her away. Like, I don't know, fuck, uh, like two miles away. <laughs> so far. All I could think about were the people on on the, the ground level watching it. Like, yeah, he saved her. Wait, where's he going? Did he? Did he? Did Spider-Man kidnap that girl? Where's did he we concerned? <laughs> Should right. we call someone? <laughs> The only thing I could think is that he wanted to take her well away from danger. True. Yeah. Like there's still crumbling rocks and stuff, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it, it is funny. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I love this month's theme. It's all about balance. How do you spend time for yourself when you're so busy worrying about other people? I find that extremely difficult. I know I've got kids. I've got dogs. I've got cats even. They're very self-sufficient, but every now and then very demanding, especially when their bowl's empty. And so it's all about getting caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never thinking about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving it, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. So therapy can give you tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself 
behind. Steve, you know a thing or two about this, don't you? Yeah, I was actually in a relationship with someone. It was a very codependent relationship, and I spent so much of my time not worried about my own health, but their own. And that left a lot of things in my life uh, not as great as they could be, Chris. And so I was able to get involved with BetterHelp. I found a therapist. It was very easy to use. My therapist was really, really awesome. She gave me books to read, gave me homework, and made me realize that I am a person worthy of value and worthy of spending time on myself with. Uh, And that's why BetterHelp is really, really awesome. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You found it to be the case, Steve? I did, 100%. love BetterHelp. And so all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. So if you feel like you're not vibing, if you're not vibing, mm-hmm. you, can, you can move on. Next. And then you, know, you can worry about balance. Immediately. You want to make sure you get the therapist that you want and not the therapist that may be a very picky cat. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. My cat is a terrible therapist. Yeah. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash streaming things. So fast forward, you know, Harry's upset that MJ thinks Spider-Man is incredible. This is where we get the Norman talking with himself into the mirror scene, which is really, mm-hmm. really, it's a great example of how just amazing Willem Dafoe is because in any other actor's hands, it could come off as super corny. I mean, it's still corny, but it's like, there's like a malice to it and uh, there's enjoyment and fun in watching his performance. Uh, and that's he- where I think some actors really thrive in, in Raimi's version of camp and understand the assignment is that the, the kids these days have the best way of saying it. Right. And I, Toby McGuire does not understand the assignment. Right. But Willem Dafoe does Bruce Campbell fucking does. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, anyway, the goblin wants to know who Spider-Man is. Like you mentioned earlier, he attacks the bugle. He tries to get JJ to give him up, but he doesn't um, Spider-Man intervenes. And this is where we get another great line delivery from Willem Dafoe where he's like, sleep, <laughs> just like emits a sleeping gas and knocks Spider-Man out. Uh, does not unmask him though. Does not unmask him, which is very interesting. Um, he does want Spider-Man to join him in crime? <laughs> right. Villainy? I don't really know what he wants him to join him with. I don't really know. He's not um, a curious person by nature. No, he's, he wants to respect the identity. Like, he's like, I'm going to give you this chance to join me and we'll be bros. But, uh... Mm-hmm. And if, if we're going to be bros, I don't want to know who you are. We're coworkers. Okay. You keep your personal stuff at home. I keep my personal <laughs> stuff at home. I got two personalities. I'm not taking off my mask and I don't have consent to take off yours. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't peek. But then we get to uh, Goblin talking. Yeah, we're, he's recruiting him on the on the rooftop. And this is where Andy really loved the uh, you kind of talk about this, Andy. I know you like this scene. I just just the way that he like casually leans next to him. It's like it's really honestly the only like emotive bit that we get with Goblin in his suit. Every other time it's pretty uh, it's either like closes on the mask or just, you know, very uh Obviously, a stunt double that's uncomfortable and can't really move around much. Uh, but this is like the 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 one bit where we get like a little bit of character within within the suit, where he casually leans over and slaps Peter Parker on the top <laughs> of his head, and just like I can't, I wish I could remember what the line is there because it's it, it's so casual the way he he talks. I love it. So now we cut to Peter Parker, who's uh, kind of creeping on MJ again. She she leaves him and he decides to follow her because she sees some ne'er-do-wells trying to like, hey, you see that 
She's that lady. Let's go follow her in an alley and do some stuff with her. Um, and then he, he he fends off the attackers from Mary Jane in the rain, uh, and this leads to the iconic upside down kiss that Peter or uh, Spider Man and Mary Jane share, which uh, is a much uh, parodied and um, it's just an iconic scene from this movie. It may it's arguably this is the, the most MTV iconic Movie Award winning kiss. <laughs> I forgot about that. God, so many trophy trophies of popcorn were awarded for this kid. I mean, it is an amazing moment. I have um, if if there's five things that were embedded in my brain from these movies, it, this would be on that list, maybe in the number one spot. Like this is like if my wife's reading a book on the couch and I come behind her and like I always I always go Spider-Man kiss, you know, and like, <laughs> it's a thing and has always been a thing for me. This and I was you got to remember I was 14 when this came out. So two of the other five were Mary Jane's tits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, watching it this time I was actually a little shocked at again I'm getting too old where I'm like I'm getting a little more pearl clutchy as I age. Um but the the male gaze, if you want to put it, upon Mary Jane, I'm not complaining in any way, but I, I just thought it was interesting. Part of it's the early 2000s fashion. Like there was the low cut jeans and things like that just was the way people dressed. Yeah. And by people, I mean women. Uh, but there's <laughs> women this, people like, this too. scene in particular, you can <laughs> completely see through her shirt. Like this was shot. This They looked at the dailies. This was edited later. And it, this is a movie ostensibly for children. I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so not that it's like, Oh, hide the best from the children. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it was an interesting choice. Um, and something that I noticed now that I'm 33. Right. I'm like, interesting. Hmm. They went, full, interesting. they went full nipple here. Uh, yeah, okay. you, you're it straight up can see through her shirt there. It's wild. And yes, <laughs> it's wild. It was awesome. When I was 14, like you said, it's less awesome now, but I mean, I think I think Chris nailed it where he's like, that's an interesting choice. Huh? Yeah. OK, yeah, I'm no prude, but yeah. it's definitely worth a huh. I wouldn't um, have done that. <laughs> right. I would have been. Yeah, I would have been scared to. Uh, but it's a great <laughs> scene. Uh, and I, I I talked about it a lot um, in, in my video that I made. But if you really break it down, it's actually quite beautiful because you know that it's Peter Parker. She doesn't. Right. Uh, you know that she's in a relationship. So she must obviously not be happy in it. And that's fine. I'm not judging her at all for that. It's fucking Spider-Man. Like I'm married now and I'd come home like a totally tongued Spider-Man because you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's Spider-Man, babe. Like, I'm just going to let you know. Took am I, I, I going to not tongue him? <laughs> right, definitely going <laughs> to not pass that up. Uh, but it's interesting that he like the implicit. Tri- it's beautiful because she pulls his mask down. He doesn't know what she's planning, but he's stunned into just he's frozen by it. And there's like this trust that you're not going to breach what's safe for me. And so she just stops at the lips. You know what I mean? He Mm -hmm. just has to trust that that's what she's doing. She has to trust him. She doesn't fucking know who it is. Yeah. Uh, Right. So it's it's a beautiful scene. Dank. Right. He could have (laughs) chlamydia. Um, Like he could be just doing this to all the girls around here. Uh, as most men, if we had the chance to be Spider-Man might be, you know, just hanging around, <laughs> just <laughs> dropping upside down and, hey. and all this. <laughs> what's up? Hey. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I'm Spider-Man. Go up, go. 
Uh, so this leads to the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving scene. Uh, there's a lot of tension where, you know, Norman's kind of starting to really lose it. Uh, he, he really kind of figures out that Peter is uh, Spider-Man in this scene. Um, any thoughts on this before we move on the Thanksgiving? Well, it's a really interesting set piece and it's a little over dramatic and a little strange. Um, Harry Osborn, because he's like, shows his true colors in this scene so oh yeah norman says some really shitty things about mj that's like yeah take some advice and give her the broom (laughs) get what you need from her and kick her to the side yeah and it's like it's really misogynistic and then everyone can hear that uh which is really out of character because norman up to this point has been like a pretty decent guy for a millionaire uh but also happens to be like a blackout and kill people. Right. Yeah. And there's some really corny jokes too, that I actually really like, like work was murder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and it really, it literally was. Um, and he drops off a fruitcake, which is a really dick thing for a rich person to drop off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's <laughs> yeah. like a canonically terrible dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So I, I mean, it's important scene cause he knows that he cut Spider-Man's arm. So he's suspicious of Peter's cut and there's the whole tense scene where he's hiding on the roof uh, and that the blood drops into this like comically gigantic pool of blood. This wax from a, straight up wax. Yeah. This is like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the rain droplets from honey. I shrunk the kids. Like, just like this giant, like, fuck. Um, I love the, I love the noise it makes when it hits. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an important scene for sure. And he has to like, Oh shit, this is Spider-Man. I got to go make some plans. I'm getting uncomfortable here. So he, he abruptly leaves and he has another you know scene where he's talking to himself in the mirror and it's like, how do we deal with this? And he's like, we are the heart Osborne. We attack his heart. And that, that classic goblin line. So his heart at this point, he knows that he loves Aunt May. So he attacks Aunt May and sends her to the hospital. She has this, she's saying a prayer and goblin forces her to finish it, which is kind of weird. Um, Dumbest but- scene of the whole movie. But then they're in the the hospital, you know, Mary Jane comes and visits. And as you mentioned earlier, Chris, she's kind of like Mary or uh, Aunt May is like, oh, my son's going to my my son's going to hit or my nephew's going to hit that. Hell yeah. Um, I know there's a lot going on right now, but this is adorable. Aunt May? Aunt May, is that an angel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is where Aunt May kind of like drops the ball. Like everyone knows you love Mary Jane, Peter. And that and Peter, that's all Peter needs to hear to be like, oh, shit, Mary Jane's in danger. That means the goblin knows. And of course he does. He has abducted Mary Jane and now he is on a bridge with her and he gives Spider-Man the choice. Um, save the woman you love or suffer the dead children. Suffer the little children. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, this whole set piece. And I like the logic leap that he goes, he must know who I am. That's how I attacked Aunt May. And then, oh, he must know about Mary Jane as well. Like, I, I like all that. I love the way the final set piece is shot. I love Willem Dafoe's performance and the, the choice that he gives him. And there's a lot of tension in this where he's trying to keep everyone alive, but also try to fight off the goblin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I was talking about with in in the page, uh, in the main feed episode with with Otto kind of not being a believable match for Spider-Man. Goblin is because he's super strong, but also like he's always got this like dichotomy where he's trying to he's putting him in these spots where he has to try to like keep the people alive while he fights him, which is why the train scene in two is so compelling because mm-hmm. there's that same element to that. Um, and this, and this part, so he, he saves, he he saves everybody. 
And he's like holding, he's literally holding on for dear life, trying to, you know, hold Mary Jane up so the boat can kind of, the barge can kind of go underneath them and they can drop the, the elevator and Mary Jane to safety and Goblin starts to attack him. And that's when the citizens of New York start throwing bottles and shit at Goblin. Like you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with all of us. Yeah. Hey, he's, he's Spidey in here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get out of here. You, you trying to hurt a guy who's trying to save some kids. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Um, And in Raimi's universe, there's a lot of like, the city rallying around Spider-Man. Yes. And that is despite J. Jonah Jameson's efforts. That is one of my favorite things about Raimi Spider-Man specifically. Um, Amazing Spider-Man does this as well. Uh, And it's something that I think is severely lacking in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies uh, is that the city doesn't really seem to have a voice. New York isn't a character and in and, and, and these movies, it's such a profound thing. Like, and not only is the city a character, but the citizens are there. You know, they're constantly being saved by Spider-Man, like one-on-one. They're talking to Spider-Man. They're, um, they're saving him when, when he needs it. And, I, and that's, that's part of what Spider-Man is to me. And that's why I will always, you know, appreciate these movies uh, more than others in some capacity. Uh, but then Spider-Man or uh, Goblin grabs Spider-Man, throws him into some sort of abandoned warehouse, and that initiates the final fight between uh, the two of them. Um, again, we get a lot of same Rami's classic directorial styles. We get the cool close-up of the pumpkin bomb blowing up in his face and ripping up his mask. Um, uh, I, Chris, I know you like the part where uh, Willem Dafoe's like, Peter, please, that's just me, regular old Norman Osborn. I wouldn't hurt yeah. if I... Thank God for you, Peter. Um, yeah, it's a it's a clever, cowardly, villainous thing to do, and I like it. And of course, this is all a ruse to try to get him to like have his glider stab him, and he ends up stabbing himself. And Godspeed, this is a, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Poorly planned, because he's right behind the guy who's famous for being able to uh, avoid really fast things. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. Why didn't he bring the fucking vaporizer balls? That should be the only fucking ball you ever bring. <laughs> Once you got that ball, you don't need the other balls. Instead of exploding his mask, he could have just, you know, made him a skeleton right then and there. One and done. Yeah. Done. Oops. I do love one quick. So like the, 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 the blades come out of the glider. It's it rushes towards Spider-Man. He jumps. It's like there's like a close-up of the blades coming at it, and then there's just like quick, like locked-off shot of Willem Dafoe going, "Oh!" <laughs> Before it slams into him. I don't know why. I fucking love that one quick little cutaway. The only thing that bothers me about this, huh. impending is that <laughs> Why didn't they have it stab him literally anywhere else? It gets like, him like in the groin. Been a chest height. It gets him right in the groin. <laughs> right in the and bread would, basket. I, <laughs> right fine. in the pumpkin bombs. That would have taken 13 to 14 hours of untreated bleeding for him to die from that. And he's like, don't tell Harry. And I'm like, I mean, you're fine. That's like, what organ is even there? I think you're okay. I think you might even pull through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> With your augmented abilities. And no, don't, the, the, just don't tell and, Harry. No, don't tell him. <laughs> and medical advancements. I think you'll be all right. You know, Peter thought he meant don't tell Harry I'm Spider-Man. What he really meant was don't tell Harry you just cut my dick off. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Harry I died like such a bitch. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And so this is how the uh, trilogy long, um, you know, what, what's the word for it? There's a word for like a animosity animosity would yeah. be no, there you go yeah <laughs> betwixt harry and spider-man is born because harry, happen- 
<laughs> he wanders in on him laying his dad down and he has no idea he's dead green goblin what you, you do my doing? dad <laughs> <laughs> did you fuck my dad what's going on here um, <laughs> why's he got these stab wounds in his dick <laughs> don't tell harry <laughs> don't tell harry about us what are you talking about of course, you know. but of course, uh, Peter or Spider-Man can't just tell Harry like your dad killed himself. He just has to like never answer his questions. And when from here on out, he's like, did you kill him? My dad, I got to go. <laughs> and this is where James Franco's performance is completely ill suited to what needs to happen. What have you um, done? Well, the what first time done? it happens is during that Thanksgiving scene. It's so bad, man. It makes me fucking angry because otherwise it's such a good movie. And He's, don't that's my father <laughs> he's my father if you're lucky i'll be half the man that he is it's like so bad come on man you're better than that you did that's 127 hours that was good so the movie <laughs> so the movie ends immediately after norman osborne's funeral obviously no one knows he's the green goblin afterwards harry goes and visits uncle ben's gravestone where mary jane confesses her love for peter parker and says do you love me pete and he goes nope and walks away roll credits Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that's, you got to have that happy ending. Yeah, like all these movies end end with a funeral. <laughs> yeah, and um, I told I looked at my wife when I was watching this. Uh, I think it was the Spider Man Two funeral. I think, um, but I was like, if if it's not raining and everyone doesn't have a black umbrella, you better not fucking do the funeral because that's that's how I want it done. Yeah, everyone's gonna be wearing black and white. Uh, Even if it's not raining, I want them to Zach have the umbrella shit. You know. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sorry. <laughs> so then the credits cut. We don't have end credit stingers yet. That's not a thing until the amazing Spider-Man comes out because the MCU is in full force. So there's no post credit scene that I'm aware of. Um, but we do get Chad Kroger from fucking Nickelback singing his hero oh, song yeah. as the end credits. And so I, I lost a hero murder. I'm not going to stand here and wait. And that's the most 2002 thing. And I had this whole, this spawned the most interesting conversation of my week with my wife. Cause I came downstairs and I was like, Oh my God, it's fucking like Nickelback basically. And she's like, okay, can we just stop? Everybody's full of shit. We all know Nickelback slaps. And I don't know why that's like a thing we have to be ashamed of. And I was like, what? Nickelback does not slap. Next, you're going to say Creed slaps. And she's like, Creed slaps too. <laughs> and that's when I realized I could sing. And I was like, oh, like you're talking about like, blah. And I started singing. I was like, oh, are you talking about blah? And I started singing. And I realized I knew every word to like seven Creed songs. And I was like, oh no, Creed does slap. <laughs> I just don't want to say it. I, she's right. You should keep that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Creed does not. Slap. I'm six feet from the edge and I'm thinking maybe six feet ain't so far down. Come on, guys. I, just, I don't know that one. I know I, higher. I just have an allergic reaction to bands that sing like that. That like <laughs> that like I just like, I'm out. Fuck this. I, I hate it. <laughs> I'm out. By James Franco performance of music. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's Spider-Man one. Yeah. The birth of it all. The birth of it all, which leads us to, of course, Spider-Man two in 2004. Uh, and I will try to do a better job speeding through this one because we are famously regarded as the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Yeah. I think there's definitely contenders for that now, especially with Tom Holland's uh, homecoming, especially is I was really, really fucking good. I don't want to spoil my ranking, but I'm pretty sure my number one is going to be animated. 
<laughs> Touche, yeah. Into the spider first, as the kids would say. Slaps. You spoiled it. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Mine's going to be the Spider-Man video game on PS4. That game is amazing. That's, Dude, it fucking rocks. That game rocks, yeah. And the Miles licks Morales tits, expansion. Steve would say. Totally licks tits. Um, so let's kick rocks on this uh, Spider-Man 2 uh uh, uh, breakdown. So we start off. Uh, Doc, guys, the bad guys. Some things happen at the end. The end. Nah. <laughs> well, so we start with. I love the opening credits of Spider Man Two. This is a quick aside, just because I love because this is back when they still did like you know two minute long opening credits. But I love the use of how they used like they had they hired an artist who would do these like murals and they slide the murals in to kind of catch the audience up to speed. Like this is what happened in the first Spider Man. I don't know. I just really like that. I thought that was really neat. Um, but Peter Parker is struggling to maintain a job as a pizza delivery person. Um, Before we get to that, there's really interesting. And they don't do this anymore. There's a like four minute intro credit sequence that kind of is sort of not animated, but like there's drawn, drawn photos that yeah, are Yeah, that's like, what I was just talking about. That's, that's what he, Steve was just saying. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry, I was reading my I was reading my notes. You're like, this is gonna be fire. I'm gonna this is gonna be a fucking amazing tidbit. I noticed. I literally Did said, you say everything about it. I like, literally even like, said they don't even do this anymore, but they have this extended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Chris, embarrassed. Chris, I'm begging you to listen to the show. <laughs> I was reading my notes. I was trying to be a contributor. Hold on. Stop it. We got to talk about this, though. I'm literally crying right now. It was really a good thing to notice, Steve. I was I, I was going to let you go to see how far you would you were taking it. But Andy's like, he already said it. <laughs> I had your back, Chris. Yeah, don't thanks, you make man. Complete ass. Oh. Just don't edit it. Just let everybody know. I occasionally <laughs> no, oh zone no. out. This is I staying in all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking staying in. This is gold. Anyway, um, glad you brought that up. That's pretty smart. But one thing that isn't staying in is Peter Parker on the employment track because he mm-hmm. cannot keep a, a job down. So he's a pizza delivery guy. He's working for Joe's Pizza. Asif Manvi is his boss. Uh, and he's like, Parker, I like you, but you're unreliable. Here's this pizza. You have t- you have 40 blocks. You have seven minutes to deliver this pizza 40 blocks away. Yeah, I hope you're Spider-Man because otherwise that's physically <laughs> impossible. You're basically fired. It would take you seven minutes to go four blocks. All right? <laughs> uh, and obviously it doesn't go well. Um, quick, quick uh, trivia, bit of trivia. You know, the guy who's like, hey, that guy, Spider-Man stole that guy's pizza. Uh, that was originally yeah. supposed to be the Stan Lee cameo, and they actually even shot it with Stan Lee delivering the line. But for whatever reason, they couldn't use that take, so they had to bring Stan Lee to do his actual uh, cameo that appears to later in the movie. Save somebody from being crushed again. Yes. They did the same thing in the first one. Yeah, and this scene also features the first of even more cameos that appear in these movies. As Emily Deschanel is the recipient of these pizzas. So she is such the, a bitch. 
I know she's the secretary that watches <laughs> Spider-Man fight his uh, most uh, evil villain, and that is a broom, a closet of brooms uh, that he struggles that with. Awesome. The uh, way was, they filmed that was so good. I yeah. cannot believe he let that go on for so long. Like it's 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 good comedy. It's like comedically long, but yeah. it's just interesting that it survived the editing room. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it's a um, solid thirty seconds, and then he walks up to her, and she's like, "I ain't paying for this." Is right. she the the Deschanel sister that's in like Bones? Yeah, that's yeah. that's Bones. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now uh, we smash cut to JJ firing Peter as we well. We should probably mention that Stan Lee was originally supposed to be the cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I was listening that time. Uh, so now we we cut JJ is firing him as well. Uh, 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 but then he's like, ah, you're hired again. Um, cause Joe, J. Joe to Jameson is famously turning the city against Spider-Man. Um, I did note like, does Betty Brant like Peter Parker? I don't know. I got, did you get those vibes from this movie? There's some vibes. There's some I vibes. don't know if it's just how much I like Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I was like projecting cause I have such a crush on Elizabeth Banks, but yeah. yeah, there's definitely some, I don't know if it's flirtation or just like a good human you know, it's the only one in that room that actually cares about Peter, except for, uh, I don't know his name. I probably should. Um, something I never picked up on the watching these movies before is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jay Jonah Jameson's like second in command is like oh, a Robbie? Really big fan of Spider-Man. Who is he? Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a comics character that's really important or something, but the one that's not Sam Raimi, right? Yes, correct. Uh, the or, or, You mean Ted Raimi, his brother? Oh, I'm sorry, Ted Raimi. Yeah, Ted Raimi plays Hoffman, and there's the one that's like, Ted. Hoffman, get in here! And he's like, yeah. hey, and he peeks in. He picks up the phone, he's always already on his way in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do, so, uh, in Spider-Man 3, um, when, when Tobey Maguire becomes like emo Spider-Man, and he's like a creep, even more so, there's a scene where he's like, literally like face-to-face with Betty Brant, and he says something like, hey, hot legs, or something like that, and she's like, Peter Parker! <laughs> Um, what has gotten into you what's gotten into you little rascal uh but famously toby Maguire wanted more money to appear in this movie and they weren't gonna give it to him to him so he faked a back injury and like he just told him like i have a back injury i can't do this movie so they were literally gonna replace uh toby Maguire with jake gyllenhaal to the point where they were like having jake gyllenhaal do costume fittings and everything for the movie before toby Maguire had to literally come crawling back and apologize to like all the producers and everybody actually my back's fine yeah actually my back's fine i just wanted more money my bad and then they had to tell jake gyllenhaal hey sorry you're not spider-man you can't be in a spider-man movie ever you're not going to work as a spider-man movie ever Jake Gyllenhaal, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to be in a Spider-Man movie. I, I want to be in a fly on the wall. I didn't know that tidbit, but I want to be a fly on the wall where he's like, just, oh yeah, they're so fucked without me and he can't, I'm Spider-Man. And I'm just, he's licking his fucking overly wet lips. Like, <laughs> can't wait till they offer me this new offer they're going to give me. And then he's like, his assistant comes in. Hey, they actually found like a much more handsome, much better actor. A much so, more likable person. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure. Have you seen Donnie Darko? Like it's fucking incredible. Uh, it's awkward. There's, plus, there's like a rocket movie that's really good. You got, I got you the DVD. You should check it out. <laughs> what? Uh, so yeah, I wish I was there for that. Well, I don't. Fuck, fuck that guy. I don't know if it's purely <laughs> accidental or if it's intentional, but there are a couple like my back digs in this movie. Like there's the scene where he falls later in the movie and he like, he's like my back. Ew. Yeah. And then another. By the couple- way, the physical comedy of when his web doesn't work. 
like there's these brutal slant. Like my wife is a huge fan of people slipping and falling. Like she tries to show me these TikToks all the time. She's like, oh my God, she can't breathe her. You can see the tears from the laughter still on her face. And it'll just be like a lady hitting her head on a cabinet really hard. And I just won't even laugh. And I'll just look at her like, this is why I stopped playing video games. And so my wife's playing Switch. She's playing Breath of the Wild for the third time while I'm watching Spider-Man. And every time it does one of these, like where he hits the cab super hard and then slams into the ground, like you can just hear her in the background, like, <laughs> <laughs> like she just fucking loves him hurting himself. Pain. But again, he does the thing in that scene where it's like really extended. There's a really long sequence of him, like holding his back, stumbling yeah. along these cars. And then he touches a car for balance and the alarm goes and then off. The alarms go off. I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah. this is fucking great, man. Um, anyway. So Peter is essentially in this movie. He has, he's having, he's so down on his luck. This movie hammers into the ground. Like Peter is just a poor, sad sap. I mean, in college, he dropped his books and like it, what seems like 20 bags start to slamming him into the yeah. head. And, uh, and that's ahead, funny, Chris. but doesn't he have this a spidey sense that warns him of encroaching bullets when it's yet, convenient fair. Yeah. When it's convenient. Uh, he's losing his powers because he's just like mentally not there yeah well that's the through line is that the fact that he's a superhero is severely impeding upon his personal life in every aspect yeah he's he's not happy because all this stuff is the world is just shitting on him he can't be with the woman he loves he's failing at school dr connors threatens to fail him just because he never shows up but he is a friend of dr octavius so we'll throw him a bone and and let him uh and introduce them Um, which is Another thing that enough to, I'm not again, I'm going to occasionally interject with huge plot holes that bother me. Sure. But so Aunt May's losing her house, which you can maybe excuse away because she hasn't told anybody. Peter can't keep rub two pennies together. Right. Um, his best and only friend is a billionaire, though. So you would think that might be something that could help. Yeah, but I also don't think that Harry either notices that that's happening but also Aunt May and Peter Parker both aren't going to ask him or even let him know that they are in trouble. Yeah, but that's a huge character flaw to be so prideful. It is, yeah. Like if I was like unable to eat and my my aunt was losing her house and Andy was a billionaire, that would make either him or I or both of us assholes, right? They do that shit in Harry Potter, too, though. Harry's rich as fuck, and he doesn't bail out the Weasleys when they're like, how the fuck are we going to afford our school books? That sounds the movies, like a new yeah, problem. The movies actually are really bad about the books are better about explaining that, because at one point, Harry buys the entire snack cart in the movies. Yeah. Cool. Like no one else on the train gets snacks. because Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Anyway, sorry. This well, there's, a, there's that scene where Aunt May tries to give Peter like 20 bucks for his birthday, and he's like, and may I can accept this. Your house is foreclosing. And she like blows the fuck up on him. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Jesus Christ, Aunt May, tone it back That was effective. I actually like that. That was really good. I agree. Again, I grew up pretty poor and I can remember like uh, we used to go to these concerts at a barn called Generations every Friday. When I, was I was thinking about Generations the other day, dude. And my mom would give me like 10 bucks or whatever to get soda. And um, I can remember my dad was in prison, so we didn't have any money. And I remember my mom just emphatically being like, let me feel like a human and give my kid some money to go hang out. You know what I mean? Like this, you're don't be an asshole. Don't take this from me. Um, and so I really felt when Aunt May did that, like my, it's your fucking birthday. 
20 bucks ain't going to save my house. Let me do this. You know, that was, that was powerful. So, uh, we, he, after that, he runs to Mary Jane in the backyard who lets him know that she's seeing someone else. Uh, after Peter says that he promises to see her play, she is in the importance of being earnest. Uh, mm. This is where the oh boy line comes up <laughs> that Chris loves so much. You like seeing me? Oh boy. Oh boy. <sighs> Do I ever like seeing, like looking at you, preferably when you don't know? <laughs> it's like, the, like that, that's what his face is saying because it's so fucking creepy. Preferably in the shadows. <laughs> Uh, and then we go to who is one of my favorite minor characters in this entire series is Mr. Dickovich, his landlord. No, no, no. His landlord, oh. Mr. Dickovich. Oh, Mr. Dickovich. Who oh, is the slumlord of the shitty fucking apartment that has a shared bathroom. Uh, it's played by a guy money. named Elia Baskin. He's like, where my money? <laughs> where my money? Rent. Stop looking yeah, at the doctor. Uh, he's like, he's sorry, Borat, sorry, Mr. Too. Dickovich. He's like, what is sorry? Can I, can it pay rent? <laughs> what is sorry? <laughs> yeah. uh, and his daughter is Ursula, who is from the magicians, supposedly. Yes. Uh, I did one nice little tidbit about Peter's apartment is you can see he has a framed photo of Mary Jane in the background. It's one of the photos he took in the spider museum from the first movie, uh, which I thought was oh, a nice little cool. touch. Yeah. Um, also creepy. <clears throat> Yes, also that because he, you know, that didn't get published in the school newspaper. That was for Peter's personal personal spider his stash, his personal spider stash. Uh, Harry Harry Osborne. We were introduced to uh, Otto Octavius, who is working for Oscorp to create a perpetual energy device. Uh, and Harry is super. He is like oddly fixated on the Nobel prize. Like he's like Nobel prize Otto. I'll see you in Oslo. We're going to be millionaires. It's like, you don't get millions of dollars for winning a Nobel prize. You know that you get like maybe a hundred grand. Well with that, with that, you know, Oh, for reputation. sure. He's super excited about that, but he's like very fixated on this. Nobel this is prize. the only time Franco does well when he's playing like eager to, to, rise up to the reputation of his father, rich douche, you know, like this scene. I'm like, I like him as Harry in this scene because that's where he's at as a character. Yeah. And I like how Otto Octavius clearly doesn't really care for him, but he's like, but Oscorp pays the bills. So yeah, he's like your friends kind of a tool. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and Harry, <laughs> Harry, Harry meets, uh, or I'm sorry, Peter meets, um, uh, Dr. Dr. Octavius. Dr. Octopus, I'm losing Dr. my Octopus. ability to talk. Oh my God. He meets He's also Oct- not oh Dr. Octopus yet. So. That's true. Dr. Otto, Dr. Otto Octavius. And he tells him, I that mean, it's, it is a tongue twister, Stephen. It is. It is. He tells him that a scientific mind is to be used for the good of mankind. Uh, he meets his wife, uh, Rosie, and they, he says that love should never be a secret. If you keep it bottled up, it'll make you sick. Read women poetry. Nothing drops a panty faster than some poetry Ooh. lines. You know what I'm saying? Easy peasy. Done. It's been my experience in life. So much. <laughs> I actually did uh, get the girl, quote unquote, with a poem once. Uh, so there, we'll take that. Was it a T.S. Eliot poetry line like uh, Peter uses here? <laughs> no, I wrote it, which I think is the important distinction and xanadu did kubla Khan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was uh, actually alistair crowley it's a weird it's about cthulhu cthulhu it was a whole thing 
So Peter is trying to make his way to the 8 a.m. curtain for uh, the important 8 p.m. That'd be a weird. Or I said 8 a.m. Sorry. Yeah. 8 p.m. Uh, but on his way there, his bike is hit by a car of uh, ne'er-do-wells who have, uh, I assume, robbed a bank and the police are in pursuit. Uh, he stops. He, he, he thwarts that uh, that crime. I don't he, like this scene. What the uh, the 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 crime scene? Yeah, it should have it should have been him making a, a choice to be Spider-Man to and not make it to her show. But instead, what Raimi did was make it this super unavoidable occurrence. Like the guy would have killed him had he not been Spider-Man, he ran his bike over. And then he actually does make it to the show and the usher's a dick and won't let him in. And then Peter fails to mention to her that he actually did show up just a little late and wasn't allowed to get in. And so that's not that's not as dramatic as I completely chose to involve myself in this completely irrelevant criminal happenstance and then never showed up at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just not as interesting. You know what I mean? Like, it's just great. I think that's fair. I, I I understand what they're going for because they really want to kind of hammer home that like this is out of Peter's hands type thing because they even they even want the shot of him <laughs> dragging his bike home that this broken shitty ass bike home you know they just really want to hammer the point like yeah. the world is so cruel to poor, poor old Peter, Peter you know and yeah. that's our second uh, Bruce Campbell cameo in this universe mm-hmm. yeah. It's, uh, he, he brought that up. I saw him live for a book signing thing, and he talked about how he got to name Spider-Man and then defeat him. And he, <laughs> he was all happy about. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he would cameo in Spider-Man 3 as well as a, a waiter, um, who, a French waiter who calls him Pecker, like Peter Pecker. Pecker. <laughs> um, and then supposedly, if Rami got to make his fourth Spider-Man movie that he was trying to make... Um, Bruce Campbell's cameo would have been uh, really quick. He would have been Mysterio being arrested. Like I almost had you Spider-Man. Like he would have been Mysterio. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Peter doesn't get to see the play. He's really sad. He's kind of sitting outside waiting for Mary Jane to come out. He listens to some lady do a horrible Spider-Man song on the violin. Mm. Uh, but this is when he sees the the other guy, as it were, John Jameson, the, f- the first man to play football on the moon. is AKA uh, Chad. Yeah. AKA, <laughs> AKA Brett, AKA Trevor. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a total Chad, you know, he's a total man's man. Uh, and this of course makes Peter sad and he, his powers start to fail him because of that. I assume it's because of that. Yeah. Some kind of mental issue for sure. Uh, but Mary Jane's mad at him. Won't even take his phone Start shooting blanks. Start shooting blanks. Literally, literally it does. Spider-Man version of ED. I swear this doesn't happen. This has never happened before. I swear I can web any day of the week. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Don't look at me. Only give me a minute. Usually so much comes out. I'm just, I'm just I can't drunk. Help it. it just goes. I'm just drunk. So now we go to uh, doc, Dr. Otto Octavius's fusion test. And this scene is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, a, because Doc Ock has this great opening line. You can tell he's done a lot of opening presentations. He says, "Has before we start, did anyone lose a uh, a wad of money held together by a rubber band? Because we found the rubber band. <laughs> 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 That's such terrible a, joke, terrible joke. But a, anyway, such a border this, opener. Uh, mind-blowing technology I'm about to unveil. And I don't mean these 
uh, spinal attached arms I'm going to ignore, even though this should actually be the show because this is impressive. I know that is the most impressive thing. Like I have these robotic fucking arms that are, that have all these points of articulation. They, they listen to my mind. I control them with my fucking brain. And also they have their own built in AI that is so smart. I have to have an inhibitor chip so they don't take over my fucking brain, which is actually quite unnecessary because I control them with my mind. So why I gave them AI is kind of weird. But uh, but we're all really here for the point. sun thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this movie doesn't reach the heights everyone thinks it does, in my opinion. It's like that that whole linchpin is this tiny microchip that is unnecessary and so expositionally delivered. But aha, good question, reporter. What would happen if the AI was evil and took over? <laughs> I'm way ahead of you, though. Got this little chip right here. And I love when it breaks. Oh, no. Yeah, and then he turns around for no reason. The camera can move. Why did you do that? Why did you? Why is the camera on a tripod? And you had to fucking. What the? F- I love I love shots like that though. Those are the the the, the Raimi like that's head head yeah. whip to to camera type shots. I'm a sucker for that type of shit. Uh, Peter Jackson does that too. That's why I think I like his movies. Um, good old Petey. Good old Pete. Um, so yeah, the, unfortunate name, Peter Jackson. Uh, Never really noticed that. Oscorp has provided the precious. Off. Oh. <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> That's so stupid and awesome. <laughs> uh, Oscorp and Harry have provided the precious tritium, as it were, that powers the the the, the sun machine, um, so that they can have the the source of power. Um, and also another another cameo in this scene is Daniel Day Kim is his lab assistant. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Daniel Day Kim. He was in Lost, um, but he kind of shows up like, oh, that's fucking Daniel Day Kim. Okay, cool. Um, but everything goes bad. The sun's kind of going crazy. It's it's magnetizing everything, so everything metal is trying to like go into the sun, except for his arms, because as he pointed out, they are not magnetic, mm-hmm. uh, which is important. Um, Super important. All the all the glass breaks and it. Kill, seemingly kills Rosie, his wife, and he's like, no, Rosie, and then that's when a flare from the sun comes out and shorts out the inhibitor chip and knocks him out. Spider-Man is able to save Harry from certain death and then also depower the machine, and a lot of people say, like, oh, thank God it was only a drop of tritium or he could have destroyed the whole city. Um, I, I hate Which is uh, Chekhov's tritium because he finds a much larger fucking uncut chronic rock to smoke later. Yeah. Uh, two things about this scene. I want to note. It's very important. One, James Franco's fucking terrible in these movies. Yes. Because the whole, as soon as he sets him down, it doesn't change anything. It's, it's stupid. Yes. So dumb. Then do you, do either of you get the impression that Dr. Otto Octavius would have successfully completed this experiment had Spider-Man not intervened? Cause that's what it looks like both times. He's like, kicks the fucking guy controlling the sun it, it now he also would have if he'd left spider-man alone been okay too but it's like all he's got to do is push these little tendrils back in right and yeah you, and you're you're inter- you're interfering with the guy who's pushing the tendrils back in like he's yeah. doing his thing both and times the second time if he just left it alone the thing would have drowned itself it was literally on a little floating house thing so like the whole sacrifice none of that needed to happen it just would have yeah, well, the house above the river barely standing. Well, with the, with the yeah. sacrifice thing, he probably did it so that it could end quicker and 
fewer lives would be lost. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> he was he, destroying the, and he's like, I don't want to die. Like, That's cool. We don't want to ruin the end there. But I just got the impression, like, it I think it would have been going to work. It yeah. might have been okay had Spider Man not jumped in. Otto's, <laughs> Otto's failure here is to, he should have had the test in a laboratory and not in a giant studio loft apartment, you know? Yes. With <laughs> an audience. Yeah. <laughs> With a lot of metal. And a lot of glass in a thing that is super magnetized. <laughs> and, he, and he knew the shit was ma- magnets were going to be a problem. Like, this shit's non-magnetic. My arms are going to be fine. Yeah. The jewelry, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of those chicks had a belly button ring and just really Ooh. regretted that. Or what if or someone had like. Else? What if someone had like a Prince Albert? <laughs> no. <laughs> just be a Harry sli- sliding toward it. Uh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up the Harry Osborne thing. He even has a line like towards the end where like his bodyguard or everybody's like, you would have been dead without him. Sir. And he's like, he insulted me by touching me. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, like he touches me. I do like when he calls, he's like, how's the bug? Uh, I, I just like that as like a derisive nickname. That's yeah. 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 That's the bug. Cause he's an idiot and doesn't know that it's an arachnid. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're in the hot There's layers. Now we're in the hospital scene and we've, we've touched on it before, but this scene is so brilliant. Um, I, I love the way it's shot like a horror film. Uh, it's, it's legitimately terrifying. And mm. I, I love how they, they even like put uh, wax on the floor. So when they drag that one nurse, her fingers are like bringing up like all the time. It looks yeah. like she's like creating fingernail that's, scratches. That's actually intense. Yeah. I don't know why Otto's eyes are wrapped in gauze though. He was just staring at the sun for a really long time. Yeah, but they're fine. <laughs> it looks cooler. No, I mean, I'm not to be a dick. I mean, it's like, that's a small yeah. nit, but I'm just like, it's a cool scene where he's like, the the the, the claw gets to do that and then like pull the gauze off. But it's like, mm-hmm. once he did, he was like, just there was his eyes there. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that's because I know Sam Raimi in the past had said like this, this scene is meant to be the, the, the tentacles are killing everybody and Otto's unconscious and is unaware of the malice that the just to accentuate have. that he's not part of this. And I, yeah. And I, yeah. And, and Raimi has said in interviews that that was his intent, but he wasn't confident in himself that he got that point across in that scene, which I think he did personally. Yeah, I think I that point comes across, but I know that's something that he has expressed in interviews. Um, but I, I, and another thing I love about this movie is, and, and Doc Ock in general is there's so much practicality to the suit and the tentacles. Um, yeah. each tentacle required four puppeteers. So there's 16 puppeteers when all four tentacles are in a shot, which is insane. Um, and in this scene in particular, it's hard to tell what's, it's hard to distinguish what's CGI and what's practical. And nine times out of 10, it's a practical tentacle. Um, I think really? I think the wide shots when the tentacles first start going crazy like that CGI, but the tentacles like roaming and going all around the room. Those are mostly practical effects. That's so evil dead, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I had known that. I kind of want to rewatch that scene. Yeah. Like there's one scene like uh, I know, Andy, you love the guy like holding up the bone saw like, ah, yeah. Well, when he dies and the saw lands on the ground, I love how the one tentacles reflection like snakes through it yeah such a cool scene and then flow uh as we mentioned in the main cast uh alfred molina had named all the tentacles larry mary curl it was a three stooges and then flow uh, <laughs> larry curly mo and flow yes and flow no, was the mary. flow is the motherly tentacle that takes care of him so it, it it you know takes the blinds off of him it 
it uh, gives them a little handy from time to time. <laughs> um, Gentle flow. Do you guys have any anything else you want to add about this scene in particular? I don't. Phenomenal. I do want to say one thing is uh, whenever Doc Ock is around, there was an intentional choice not for the, the sound department to not add servo sound effects to the to the tentacles because they wanted to accentuate that these are part of his body and not like so much just robots. Mm-hmm. That'd be dumb. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Doc Ock finds his wharf. The the tentacles are taking over. His in- inhibitor ship is destroyed, and the and, and the tentacles really want him to finish the work. So I guess that's part of their AI is they just want to really complete the work of creating the the perpetual energy source. And so he decides to embark on a life in crime to raise the money so he can get the supplies to build an even bigger version of his perpetual uh, uh, energy device. Um, we cut to Doc uh, to JJ naming dr octopus and we got we get a fun little easter egg where one of his ideas is how about we name him dr strange which (laughs) is fun but i love he says it's taken so yeah he exists he he does exist i guess um maybe still as a doctor at that time though like a a well-known hand doctor um but um (laughs) it's really funny the that they acknowledge the silliness of the comics a little bit too because normally sam raimi embraces the camp but it's like ah an eight-armed villain named otto octavius what are the odds you know (laughs) and i was like that that's funny i like that i like that that's funny but now Peter and Aunt May are at the bank. Aunt May's trying to get a loan. Uh, so from she can pay Chris's for her doppelganger, Joel McHale. From, yes. from Joel McHale, who's got some unfortunate hair plugs going on in this scene. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think this is before he kind of embraced his look. Uh, and But this is interrupted from Doc Ock doing his first little foray into crime. He's going to rob yeah. this bank. Massive which- city. I mean, Dr. Octavius has got terrible luck, right? Because first off, his experiment didn't work. His wife died. But that's horrible luck. Uh, but then the first bank he tries to rob happens to have fucking Spider-Man sitting in it in a really bad mood. I mean, that, that's, that's just that's you don't get that kind of luck. Yeah, but Chris, this is the only bank in the city that has all their currency in bags of coined money. <laughs> Dude, they have so many coins. <laughs> Does, I mean, just, bags of coins is that a thing that banks have like let me get this burlap sack of gold coins no. with a dollar sign on the side of it That's we do get a, a, a cool, there's cool spider-man quips though like keep the change and he throws the bags back at him yeah. that's fun yeah. that's fun again Otto's just a guy with the arms so when this like 120 pound bag gets thrown by a guy who can lift an airplane and hits him in the chest you would think that might slow him down a bit. That would have. And he's just like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like uh, Joe McHale tries to steal one of the coins, and Aunt May is like, "Shame on you!" Mm. I love when uh, she tried to kick Peter, and she kicks Joe McHale. He's like, "Ow! Oh my <laughs> fucking what the!" <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> I'm giving piano lessons again. You are. Ow! And Ow. kicks the wrong leg. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, he uh, ah. Uh, takes Aunt May hostage. A fight ensues, and uh, Pete saves Aunt May. Uh, but but Doc Ock gets away for another day. Um, now we're at the planetarium where Peter Parker has been enlisted by J. Jonah Jameson to get photos of him rubbing shoulders with the high and mighty of uh, New York. But also, it's a celebration of his son, who is the astronaut, who the first man to play football on the moon. Also, would go on to be the Man Wolf in the comics. Um, Interesting. 
uh, he tries to recite poetry to Mary Jane, who totally just likes, you're an empty seat in my life, Peter. I hate you. You didn't come to my show. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, that's a really cool scene where, where I think Kristen, who probably, probably hates or Kirsten, who probably hates, uh, Toby Maguire <laughs> as well. just gets to unload. And that's where some real good juice comes out. Like, you know what? Uh, Chad has seen it five times. Harry has seen it twice. And uh, Aunt I remember, May fucking saw it, and her house is being foreclosed on. Yeah, and I was like, uh, Aunt Mr. Responsible the- with her money. I was Mr. <laughs> Science Theatering it, so I, I go, yeah, but any of them fucking Spider Man, they're busy, you know. Um, he's busy, but yeah, that's a really cool scene where I wish they had stuck with that. And she was like, so fuck you, uh, mm-hmm. but no, she's like, actually, I thought about it, and I really do want to be with you. And then he gets to go, oh, sorry, I thought about it, too, and I don't. (laughs) I hate that scene. I fucking hate it. Goofball, goober ass. It is really weird that she she unloads on him and then goes inside and then immediately is like, and I'm marrying Mary. She has agreed to marry me. Mary Jane, everybody. The girl who clearly has who really super isn't a hundred percent in this relationship. And, and then immediately Harry's like, fuck you, Peter, the, <laughs> you're not my friend. And it's such a weird choice later where the, 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 where she decides she doesn't love Chad and eventually later, like leaves him at the altar. Um, Dustin Hoffman style. But she's like, hold on before I make this decision, I need to know what you kiss like upside down. Yeah. Because that's the best kiss I've ever had, which also has nothing to do with Peter Parker to her knowledge yet, though. So it's it's just weird. Well, she did kiss Peter at the end of the first movie. And as he was walking away, she like looked away and touched her lips like, oh, my God, did he kiss like you, Spider-Man? You taste like Spidey. That's <laughs> <laughs> hot. So I think she has that like kernel in her brain, the little nugget in her head that she's saving for later. She's got um, brain nuggets. One of the biggest goofs from this movie that we're, I don't know if we're skipping over it or not. I might've steal stealing something you, you were about to talk about, but so Doc Ock attacks Harry Osborn because he wants more tritium. And there's this stupid ass fucking dumbass sequence where he's like, all right, don't kill me. I'll make you a deal. You kill Spider-Man. I'll get your tritium. And there's no reason at all for efficiency's sake or, or anything that you can think of where Doc Ock wouldn't be like, no, the deal is I don't fucking kill you. Right. Like <laughs> right. we're not making deals, but for some reason he's like deal. And then he goes, Oh, don't hurt Peter though. Right. Cause he tells him to go get Peter. He takes pictures of him, which is really funny. He's selfish. He forgot to mention, don't hurt him. And uh, <laughs> Doc Ock's like, okay, I won't hurt Peter. I'm just going to throw a car at him. car directly <laughs> at him. Even though I don't know he's Spider-Man yet. Like you need information from him. What are you doing? <laughs> it bothers me. Yep. So let's, I'm just going to skip straight ahead, straight ahead to that. So Harry's made this deal with Doc Ock. He throws a car at Peter, which I know it, it, it's kind of a silly comic book thing, but that scene is really cool when he like jumps forward and catches Mary Jane. And there's that it's slow a great motion scene. It's just, if you so the logic cool. of it, like he doesn't know he's Spider-Man that, that you almost ruined the whole interview process with crushing him with a car. And at and this we point, get the Raimi stylized Jurassic park where each step is a big thump and like it zooms, zooms in, in on him. More. Yeah. yeah. It's super cool. And at this point, Peter has given up being Spider-Man. He has decided to be Spider-Man no more. He's he's given up that life. He's he not, says he's those more. words, I am Spider-Man no, no more. more. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a weird, like, visualization of him in heaven with Ben. And Ben's like, fucking give me knocks, bro, because you're Spidey. And he's like, 
I can't fucking give you Nux, Ben, because I ain't Spidey. And it's it's just, I don't know. So I, weird. I, I do love this part of the character because he gives up being Spider-Man because he's losing his powers because he, he's never made the choice of being Spider-Man himself. He's just always kind of like, I don't know. He's always, it always feels like he's always having to do this. And mm. then there's a point in the movie where he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go save this kid from the fire because I'm, I need to be Spider-Man for the people. So he rushes in, um, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm back, but he's not really back. His spiders, his, his powers still fail him, but his powers come back when he's like, I'm going to be Spider-Man for myself and save the, the woman I love. And that's how he, and I think that's a nice little character arc for him as he gets his powers back when he decides to be Spider-Man for himself, not for uncle Ben, not for the people of the city, but for Peter Parker. Um, pretty good. I can dig that. Uh, but I, I, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the raindrops montage when he gives up being Spider-Man. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He like trips immediately. I love, I know a lot of people hate that montage. I fucking love it with every fiber of my being as an, like, I love the editing choices. Like when he falls over and there's like three cuts of him standing back up and brushing himself off. And then at the yeah. end when the, when the nothing's worrying me, it like freeze frames on him. Oh yeah. And he's like blurry and shit. It's so weird. He needs it's his glasses frame. again, but he starts doing good in school. It's such a goober montage. Yeah. 3.72 Hertz per second. Great job, ah, Parker. Peter, correct answer. Fucking nailed it, sir. And there's a great, <laughs> there's there's one great shot of a Daily Bugle headline that's just crime up seventy five percent. Oh my god, it's so funny. But yeah, so Doc Ock has taken Mary Jane uh, Watson hostage. Um, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. What happens from here when he decides to like he breaks out of the he breaks out of the, the brick and he, he gets his powers back. Does he go to Harry first? Am I Yes. So Harry apparently keeps a large amount of tritium in his safe, which is good to know. Um, he's just the kind of guy. Uh, I don't know how to do anything with it. I'm not sciencey, but it's just nobody else has it. It's dope. And so, and then he keeps Mary Jane for some reason, even though he no longer needs her. And she's like, starts to get some attitude, which I like, like, Hey, you got your shit. Let me go. Um, Oh, this is it. Uh, when he gets, when Peter gets his mojo back, he goes back to the daily bugle to get a suit and JJ very quickly like webs a note to it. Yeah. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And it's funny because JJ Jameson's like, actually Spider-Man's pretty cool. I was wrong about that. And he's like, I took my suit. He's a menace. He's a menace. Uh, and this, uh, you know, this leads to one of my favorite scenes. So he's got a suit back. It's the triumphant Spider-Man swinging through the city. The music's rising up. It's welling. It's so cool. And then it seamlessly like transitions into Doc Ock's sunglasses, the reflection of his so- sunglasses. Oh, I fucking love that. Inject that shit really into well my done. veins, baby. And that leads into the, the train sequence, which is oh, it's one of my favorite action scenes in any superhero movie ever because not only is them fighting on the train super cool um i love how it's constantly throwing these other layers of action so he's fighting doc ock but doc ock's constantly like throwing people off the train and Spider-Man civilians has to, at him <laughs> yeah and he's got to like w- go under the train to save them he's got to like literally skate on his back on the ground at one point because he gets thrown onto the street and he like slides yeah. through traffic and then whips himself back up into the his train it's getting more and more torn apart and stuff it's cool 
Yeah, and then it, it obviously crescendos into the final where like the train can't stop, and so Pete's trying to figure out how to stop the train, and we get some silly, you know, facial acting from Tobey Maguire, but it ends with again more of what I love about these movies where the city, the city citizens lift him up and they save him and bring him back. And yeah, like, you're oh. right. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And this iteration does the best job of making the neighborhood a central character. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts about the train scene overall? It's, it's, it's some parts silly. It doesn't land. Like I think it's meant to for me, but I, it's really endearing. You know, he's about to fall and the citizens catch him. Cause right. As I was thinking, run to the back of the train, it's going to fall off the edge. Like you guys have got all the weight. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, he needs them there so they can catch him. Right. Uh, so they support him just as much as he supports them. And then they all like, uh, ineffectually try to stand up to doc Ock, you know, you gotta get through me. I mean, and, and then the guy that okay. steps in front of the New York guys, like, and me, I guess. Also me. <laughs> he looks really <laughs> hesitant to join, but. You know, I just Ock's like to be like, a part of things. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. And just like throws them all aside immediately. And then Peter Parker's like, it's cool, man. <laughs> this is going to go real bad. I'll just go with him. I love it when he's um, unmasked and the one guy's like, he's just a kid. He's no older than my 45 year old son. <laughs> <laughs> I died laughing when he said, he's just a kid. And I went, is he? <laughs> And then you have like the two really it's bad the guy sh- from Seabiscuit, the really bad child actors. Like we found your mask, Spider-Man. We, <laughs> we won't, won't tell, tell nobody. nobody. <laughs> Who are these? What fucking children of which producer are these children? Of, oh, right. You know? This scene wouldn't work today because everyone would be on Facebook live and shit. Like yeah. it's fucking this guy. This yeah. is fucking Spider-Man with his mask off. <laughs> Let's see what his dick looks like. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. People do anything for views. I just now I'm gonna picture that scene from here on out of like one person of Andy just being in the scene, like, hey guys, let's find out what his dick looks like. Let's start with his dick first, then his face. <laughs> I gotta know what the spider's packing. Uh so he he fi- he he confronts Harry, who tells him where Doc Ock is. He conveniently just doesn't say, like, hey, I didn't kill your dad, man. Um, and right. then we, we have the showdown at Doc Ock's wharf lair, um, which starts off kind of fun. He's they're, they're doing a little fighty fight. The inhibitor ship gets broken or something where he gets knocked into a puddle and he realizes Doc Ock realizes that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And it's just kind of touching like, oh, Peter Parker, brilliant, but lazy. Um, oh, which, he goes to stab Pete and Pete lifts the power line to block him, which shocks the shit oh, out of his right. arms. And then, uh, incapacitates them temporarily that's right and 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 this movie this kind of leads into this weird message that this movie has where it's like sometimes you just got to give up on your dreams for the betterment of mankind (laughs) and it's like is that the the moral of the story of spider-man 2 is like just give up on your dreams and do what you're supposed to be doing you fucking loser (laughs) yeah and he stops not to ruin this i'm sorry but he stops doc ock the exact same way he stopped him the first time like he, the, there's the unplugging and the electrocution of Dr. Octopus. Everything's identical. And it's funny to me that Dr. Octopus's big plan this time was to use like really sturdy plugs. Super sturdy. motherfucking spider and I'm plugging these this time. Look at these big ass plugs I got. Everything's bigger. Everything's better. Let's do mm-hmm. it. He can't possibly unplug these. <laughs> Uh, but he ends up got a surge protector. He ain't shocking me. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but in revealing to uh, 
Dr. Otto Octavius that he's Peter Parker. Mary Jane, of course, sees him on mass as well and realizes, oh, that's why you never show up to anything. Yeah. Plus, you're the guy with the kissy. Oh, uh, this is dope. No wonder you taste like Spidey. I don't have to buy a Spider-Man costume for sex stuff to pretend you're him. That's great. Sweet. That takes that saves me money. Uh, but he saves Mary Jane Uh, he kind of tells her like hey that's why we can't be together because uh, you know the whole Spider-Man thing my enemies will kill you Uh, we cut to Harry who hears some like "Ah, ah, ah," laughing and he ends up having a conversation with his dad in the mirror just like Willem Dafoe did in the first one uh, where he's just like avenge me yeah, I don't know why either. Uh, he's like, avenge me. And he throws the knife through the, the, the mirror, which reveals, I guess, there's a goblin layer behind Bat cave. there. Yeah, Batcave. Fun thing about the scene, though, is Willem Dafoe wasn't supposed to be in this movie. But I guess Willem Dafoe just lives nearby somewhere where they were shooting and just happened to walk by the set and was like, hey, guys, you filming Spider-Man 2? How's it going? They're like, Willem, good to see you. Hey, are you free tomorrow? <laughs> you want to yeah. you want to be in this? And he's like, yeah. And that's where this scene came from. Wow. wow. It really makes no sense that Harry can hear the goblin laughter. Yeah. None. No, it bothers doesn't. me. Because he hasn't taken the serum yet at all. No. So he really no. shouldn't be psychotic mm-hmm. at this point. No, no. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's a, a product of Harry's drinking because they show that he's been drinking a lot more. So maybe when he's drunk, he just hears his dad. As the goblin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but of course, Mary Jane's getting married. She ends up leaving John Jameson at the altar. JJ has a funny line where he's like, call Deborah, tell her not to open the caviar. Mm. And his wife gives him the look like this motherfucker. Uh, so Mary Jane comes back, professes her loves to Peter, says like, don't I have a choice in the matter? I choose to be with you, even with the danger. Agency, Chris. Agency. Agency. <laughs> Uh, they hear sirens in the background. She says, go get him, Tiger. And he swings away. And we get a really kind of like downer shot on Mary Jane. It's like, oh, shit. She does not know what she signed up for. This is kind of a bummer. And then Hold on. there was a scene. I don't want to interrupt you, but there, this was a funny moment in my watching this with my friend where she says, go get him, Tiger. And my wife was sitting there and I, my buddy was next to me. And I looked at him and I was like, my wife does the same thing when the squad needs me on on the game. And he said, <laughs> To place eighth. And I just, <laughs> it was really funny. Like, it was so quick witted. Anyway, just want to share that. Go and on. And then, similar to the last movie, we get a smash cut to the soundtrack. Vindicated. We get some dashboard <laughs> confessionals screaming out their heartstrings. Yep. And that is Spider Man 2, the only Spider Man movie to win an Oscar. So, wow. What, what Oscar did it win? Visual effects visual effects but still don't 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 shit on visual effects it's yeah, wonderful that's true, it's, yeah. it's wonderful all in all again i think that this phenomenal movie i see why it's raised to the heights that it's raised at there's some set pieces that are just really well done um just all in all i think that as a society we've learned to do better with the comic book material um, but also just some things in movies that are kind of a, a drag to me in general exist and in, the, in these original ones like uh the whole dramatic effect of not just like everything hinges on the character not saying what actually happened when two lines of dialogue can undo an entire dramatic tension organism it bothers me like you you mentioned with peter parker just tell harry he's actually fucking green goblin and he was too super terrible and he actually technically killed himself that also he hates everything <laughs> and you won't say it and that just bothers me 
which is why, again, not to plug it again, I, I really, Andy, I love the amazing Spider-Man because they don't do that. There's like this dramatic tension where he tries to tell Emma Stone, like, I can't, uh, I can't, if, if you were Spider-Man, this would be, if you knew I was Spider-Man, this would be much less awkward. Mm -hmm. And like, you're starting to like, be like, not again. I just went through this six years ago. And then he like shoots his web, hits her in her hip, pulls her to him and kisses her. And she has this face like you're fucking Spider-Man. And nice. it's really early in the first movie. And you're like, yes, fuck it. Tell her you're Spider-Man. But don't they great. do that towards the end of the first movie where it's still it's, it's like, like, I can't date you because your dad hates me, but I won't tell you that. <laughs> he does. the. It's cool. It's cool because he's Andrew Garfield is way cooler. It's like, yes, he's got a skateboard, a skateboard away. <laughs> i'm excited to see what you think when you rewatch amazing spider-man steve but yeah. yes thank you to our listeners for for i just wanted to mention that i know it's not really relevant but i, I doubt we'll talk much about spider-man after this so I, I had to get it out on air aren't we planning on doing a spider-man no whatever the new one's called I, if everyone's right and there are as many gargantuan mcu moments revealed for phase four and no way home as everybody thinks then we're, we're simply going to have to talk about it um but yeah we'll, we'll see hell yeah man hell yeah uh any last thoughts on the spider-man movies before we leave guys i don't have any i just had a great time being here with you guys love you i love you too guys well that is it for streaming things chris actually my name is chris Astro. i'm andy and i'm steve Happy, Happy streaming. streaming. That is it for streaming things. <laughs> <laughs>